An FBI agent has come forward, blown the whistle on overt political bias in the agency, saying that most of these cases against right wing extremists, they claim, are entrapment. Now, I think this is the same FBI agent that's been suspended after calling out overt uh, violations of the Fourth Amendment and the Constitution and surprisingly the Sixth Amendment. But uh, and I think for most of us, it was obvious it was happening. But I do want to commend this agent for coming forward and doing the right thing. Apparently, there are many more. I think there was maybe around a couple dozen or so FBI agents who've, who've so far come out and blown the whistle. And this is particularly important. Why? Well, the DOJ is being led by a man who got lost on stage. He got lost <laughs> on a stage. You guys see this? The Biden video it was out yesterday, but we're going to talk about it today, where Biden is on stage. And the thing that's crazy is after he walks on the podium, he has he has cornholio hands. You know, like, <laughs> Mr. Burns hands, Mr. Burns hands yeah. where his hands are like this. And he's like looking around confused like, and they try and gaslight us in the media like, no, that's normal. It's like, dude, it's not normal when he tried to shake hands with nobody. And then he looks around confused. The dude is just not there. And then we got videos from his son. And you're like, oh, it's like just all in the family, mm -hmm. everything they're doing. So we'll talk about that. The reason that's important is because Vladimir Putin is mobilizing 300,000 troops, preparing to mobilize up to a million, threatening nuclear weapons. And uh, our commander in chief is, as explained, but more importantly, the Air Force is now doing diversity, inclusivity, and equity training or whatever, telling them no longer to use gendered words like mom and dad. And I'm just like, okay, you know, we're not going to win this one because if that's our military and, and Putin does nuke Ukraine, I don't see the U.S. effectively retaliating in any way. We'll talk about this and a bunch of other stories, silliness and uh, big news. The economy is about to implode. Surprise, surprise. But most of, you can feel, most of you can feel it already. Before we get started, head over to TimCast.com. Become a member and you'll get access to the exclusive uncensored members only show Monday through Thursday at 11 p.m. We're going to have one of those episodes up for you tonight at 11 p.m. I think it was what? It was Tuesday. We played Mary Bang in a Yes. Yeah, because we can't say the other word. But you know the game. And then uh, it was particularly funny because uh, Luke is a funny guy. And we had a good time. And if you want to see that stuff, don't, don't have your kids in the room when you play it because mm -hmm. we swear a lot and we talk about naughty things. So smash that like button. Subscribe to this channel. Share the show with your friends. Joining us tonight to talk about the news and much more is Mr. Comfortably Smug. Thanks for having me. Pleasure to be here. Who are you? Well, I would say that uh, I'm probably best known as being kind of like an internet troll who antagonizes uh, the left online. And, and now I've even got my own show, Ruthless. Wow, look at that. You got your own show, Ruthless. And uh, we have another individual here, Michael Duncan. Yeah, pleasure to be here. This is a beautiful place you have. Oh, I appreciate it. Who are you? Well, uh, I am a Republican consultant, uh, met this guy comfortably smug uh, on Twitter, and we started this podcast. We have two other co-hosts, John Ashbrook and Josh Holmes. We've got a consulting firm. We deal with a lot of Republican politicians, and he trolls people on Twitter all day. And so <laughs> naturally, those two things fit together like a hand in a glove. And so we started a podcast. Yeah, I think it's, you know, it works well for a podcast. You're like, hey, those, those zingers you're throwing on Twitter, we can talk we can say those words into a microphone and people will listen, huh? Amazing, right? Yeah, it works out. <laughs> you, you, you do look very comfortable. Thank you. And smug. Yeah. <laughs> Great to be here. It's funny because you do, especially in the thumbnail, it's like, you're looking good. You're like, that's right. <laughs> no, yeah. you, sh you should see how he comes into the studio right before we do our production meeting. You know, like he's the last last one in the door, oh, yeah. sauntering in. Hey guys, what are we talking about today? <laughs> like, well, we were just working for eight hours. Yeah. <laughs> I am the talent. <laughs> of 
course, Luke is here. Hey, guys. That's an interesting shirt you got. Well, yeah, I wanted to shout out, you know, Mr. Epstein's friend, uh, Bill Gates. He just had another product launch today supporting new lab-made GMO corn, which will allegedly help Africa in its hunger crisis and help the climate in Africa. Yeah, that, that's we why I watched that video. That's, that's such a creepy video. I tweeted it, and it's so cringy and it's nasty. It's, ah, you can't, you can't. It's just Bill Gates holding a corn very weirdly and sinisterly, oh, no. acting like he's <laughs> just going to put it somewhere where the sun, sun doesn't shine. But that's another topic. He's he's here having a great time on a private island with one of his best friends. If you like this scene, you could also wear it on a T-shirt on thebestpoliticalshorts.com. And because you do, I'm here. Thanks for who, having me. Who are the island boys? The island boys are. The, you don't know who the real island boys. Are? No. Uh, well, Bill Gates and Jeffrey Epstein. But oh. there's another <laughs> rap group called the Island SoundCloud Boys, who uh, SoundCloud oh, yeah. rappers who are also uh, semi-professional boxers and uh, uh, online trolls as well. well. A lot of face tattoos. Yes. Yeah. What I understand. Oh, yes. 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 oh, there you go. Now I get the shirt. There you, there go. you go. Yep. There's your cultural reference for the evening. I'm excited for tonight. I love come. I love. Sorry, I can't talk. Love comfortably smug on Twitter. Excited to hear what Michael has to say. Let's get into it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, here's the first story from the Washington Times FBI whistleblower counterterrorism cases against alleged right wing extremists, mostly entrapment. Shock. Uh, we all knew that. It doesn't matter that he's saying it because people on the left doesn't, don't want to hear it, won't believe it. And they'll tell you the news report is fake news anyway. So we've learned nothing and there's no new developments. Thanks for hanging out. And we'll see you all next time. <laughs> 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 it's good. Yeah. So, but, but I mean, that, no, look, 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 with all due respect to this FBI agent, the, the reality is, this is we do need this. And we need more of it. Mm. And so I, I really do want to commend this agent for coming out because we rag on the FBI a lot because of what the Depart with the Washington field office has been doing, especially with Trump. Mm. But Donald Trump, I think, in his Hannity interview said, he said uh, uh, that a lot of the FBI agents voted for him. I think that's true. I think that there's a lot of FBI agents who are good people but are too scared to speak up. Mm -hmm. So I can only say, first and foremost, James O'Keefe's got your back. Mm. I mean, you, you look at what Veritas does for their whistleblowers. They make sure that they're not going to be left high and dry. So I would only recommend anybody, not just the FBI, but anybody, that if you're witnessing illegal or unethical, you know, uh, actions at your company or whatever, within the confines of the law, blow the whistle. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm not a fan of just like leakers for the sake of leaking. There's, and there's been a lot of people who have done that in the past and like, no, 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 no. If you're, if you're there and dude is like, violate the constitution and you're like, no. And they're like, we will punish you. You'd be like, hey, someone help. Like, that's good. But this guy went through the official channels and he was left high and dry because he was fired. He was kicked out of the FBI. Uh, officially suspended. Officially suspended. But but of course, uh, he was also suspended because he said he wouldn't go on a raid that was specifically targeting January 6th individuals. And well, his well, allegations... Quick, sorry, just, yeah. I, I, I don't mean to yeah, yeah. interrupt, but it was because they wanted a SWAT raid on a misdemeanor charge. Mm. Exactly. And he was like, whoa, Unreal. no, Jeez. dude. Unreal. Yeah. And, and, and what he's saying is absolutely mind-boggling. He's talking, I mean, not mind-boggling to, to us, everyone knows this but this is official confirmation of them cooking the books exaggerating the threat of domestic terrorism using overzealous january 6th investigations to harass conservatives and also innocent americans so th th this is a major big bombshell he talks about how he was specifically he himself was taken off human trafficking and child abuse cases to the point where he says there was real life effects where children were hurt because the fbi changed focuses from investigating human traffickers and child abusers to going after innocent people, according to him, that were just even around Washington, D.C. on January but, 6th. But, but I, I, we do have a correction, a correction and an apology. This is not the, the same FBI agent. This oh. is a, there's actually there's two big stories right now. This is 
They say this accusation came from Kyle Serafin, an FBI agent of six years who was recently suspended by the Bureau. He was suspended, but there was another guy. You see that story? What's his name? Was it Stephen Friend? Friend, yes. 37-year-old SWAT team member that refused to go on the SWAT raids. That was wow. that guy. That's who I'm talking about right now. Right. Yep. So, so this Kyle Serafin is a different FBI agent who was recently suspended. He, uh, he's worked in multiple field offices in counterterror and conducted investigations of alleged domestic extreme, extremism. So we have two different FBI agents who are outright like, this is unconstitutional. Both got suspended. I'm willing to bet there's more. But good for these men. These are the, mm-hmm. this, these are the heroes who are, who are, look, I think a lot of people get into law enforcement for the right reasons, but the systems themselves are fairly broken. Yeah. Yes. So if you're, if you're like, I'm going to come out, expose this, and that means I'm out, then good, good. That's what needs to happen. Well, just, re- just really quickly before I give it to, to you guys, the New York Post is reporting that there's over 20 FBI whistleblowers. And they're talking about, especially with this friend guy, he's talking about specifically the FBI post de facto designating a grassy area outside of the Capitol as a restricted zone when it wasn't a restricted zone in order, of course, to prosecute innocent civilians that were there on January 6th. And this is a huge, huge, massive allegations that I think are worth listening to. And the fact that this friend guy was fired is absolutely a huge misjustice. Well, I think number one, you know, just think about being a normal you know, FBI agent who wants to do their job. And you see what's happened to the Bureau and the Justice Department writ large over the last five, six years. I mean, how can you not be outraged? Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, we have the President of the United States right now. um, Remember that speech with the Mm -hmm. red lighting and everything, and he's calling half the country domestic terrorists, and these MAGA Republicans are trying to destroy America. And then two weeks later, a guy runs over a uh SUV for being a Republican extremist. Right. And, 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 And that's, I mean, the timing is not random. Because we have an election coming up here, you know, in 40 odd days, and you've got the president of the United States saying that you've got the FBI raiding the former president's house. Now you've got the AG in in New York, um, you know, suing the president and his kids. All of this is political theater, Mm -hmm. right? To try to mobilize their base ahead of an election. And I mean, not just that. Go all the way back to James Comey, right? You want to talk, talk about entrapment? I mean, that guy went to President-elect Donald Trump and said, you know, congratulations, Mr. President-elect. Hey, did you um, urinate on some Russian hookers? (laughs) These last few years have not been easy on our economy. And with tax season finally arriving, there will be millions of hardworking people and businesses that could struggle even more due to the IRS working against them and pocketing profits for themselves. America First Tax Group can help put an end to your worries. Just one phone call to 800-431-5684 and you'll be in touch with America First Tax Group, a full-service tax company that'll fight the IRS's predatory tactics and put you on the path to financial freedom. Their experts can help you or your business with any tax-related problems you may have, from dealing with your back taxes to granting you access to tax relief and much more. Don't wait. Get in touch with America First Tax Group today by calling 800-431-5684. That's 800-431-5684. Or visit AmericaFirstTaxGroup.com slash Tucker. Again, 800-431-5684 or AmericaFirstTaxGroup.com slash Tucker. Because um, there's this dossier. And, you know, look, I mean, this is salacious stuff, you know, but I just want to share this with you for your own good, for your own good. And then what did he do? He walked downstairs and he got into his, his limo and he typed up all the notes. Right. Because he was trying to entrap the president. He wanted to see how the president would react to it. Mm-hmm. Th- there's no difference between that and this. 
And I mean, you look at the priorities of, of, of the FBI at this point, where they're spending more time going to school board meetings, trying to call parents as domestic. Like, anyone basically who opposes this regime is a domestic terrorist. Joe Biden, in that speech, basically said, if you oppose me, you're a radical domestic terrorist. So, you know, exactly like, like Tim was saying, is you end up with these cases where you have a liberal who just runs over a kid for being a Republican, but that's intentional. They The first step for them in this process is to dehumanize right. the out group, right? Well, that, that's the path towards genocide of that list we saw mm. go viral, right? Yes, uh, and, and also Steve Friend, he's specifically also saying that FBI domestic terrorism cases are being opened up on innocent American citizens who were, quote, nowhere near the Capitol on January 6th based on, quote, anonymous tips and Facebook spying on people's private messages. So the fact that people are getting raided, the people that the fact that people are getting swatted for, for just expressing messages that were political is, is such a nasty thing that the FBI would be partaking in that, of course, is destroying any semblance of any form of justice, which, of course, they have long since forgotten what it even means, in my opinion. Well, they have a problem with the FBI where they're looking for like white supremacist domestic extremists, but the demand's outstripping the supply. So, you know, this is what they're left to have to do. Yeah. And they're talking about pressures from higher up saying, hey, we need more white supremacy cases. We need more domestic yeah, uh, terrorism like cases. It's like this is this is the allegations from the whistleblowers. Exactly. It's like the cop towards the end of the month that has to hit the ticket quota. <laughs> yep. You know, so he's looking it's for true. people who are speeding. <laughs> yep. Well, they're doing it for an election quota. Mm-hmm. They need they, they need that narrative in the press because it's the only thing that motivates Democrats at, at this point. Mm-hmm. Democrats, we've seen in the polls, are mostly now becoming white suburban and making more than uh, six figures. Yeah. So what motivates them? I guess abortion. So their good friend, the good friend of the Democrats, Lindsey Graham, comes out with that bill, the 15-day nationwide abortion ban. And like every Republican collectively goes, we literally just argued states' rights on that issue. And now what are you doing and why? And and it's just he's holding up a sign saying vote Democrat, basically. That's what you can expect from them. If if you ask, you know, any voter, you look at any poll um, in any of these key battleground states here ahead of the midterm election, the top issues are the economy, inflation, crime, and the border, right? It's not abortion. Mm-hmm. So what, what Lindsey Graham did there is he just highlighted the one issue that mobilizes their base and distracts Republican candidates from talking about the things that are actually going to win them elections. Yes. And if you look at what the Democrats are running on with this upcoming election, it is abortion. And very interestingly, according to a lot of different sources, they spent tens of millions of dollars propping up uh, right-wingers, specifically Donald Trump right-wingers in yep. also local elections as well. Yep. Yeah, I mean, they spent millions of dollars in the Colorado Senate race trying to elect uh, uh, O'Day's opponent, the guy, the guy who ended up winning the primary. I mean, the Schumer's uh, PAC spent millions and millions of dollars to elect these folks. And then they, they cry every day on television about how democracy is on the, on the verge of ending in this country. But they're, you know, try to elect, um, you know, the, the right, most right-wing candidates in these Republican primaries. And how do you square those two things? Of course, it's all theater at the end of the day. Yep. They're giving them millions of dollars. Yeah. <laughs> and then they're saying, these guys are so horrible. They're so bad. Here, right. take, take my money. Go go ahead. Yeah. We want to run against you. It, it's, it's, it's absurd. But how do you, and there are people that believe it? I mean, come on. That, that's, I don't, I don't know what you do at that point, because if it really does come down to an election of people who are not even paying attention to the most basic of news, Democrats and their PACs are funding the MAGA Republicans that Democrats and Joe Biden are claiming are the apocalypse. But there are people who are just so ignorant and don't pay attention that they're sitting out there being like, 
oh man, these my Republicans are bad. Why are they getting so much attention? Oh, we got to vote. We better vote against them. It's like, bro, they're they're being you're you're voting for the people who are propping them up in the first place. I think the vast majority of voters uh, don't agree with the Democrats' framing of any of this. And if you actually look at you know who voters trust on various issues, like restoring faith in democracy, isn't actually an issue that Democrats lead on. Funny enough, despite all of them talking about restoring democracy and stopping Donald Trump from, you know, subverting the election and yada, 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 all this stuff, you know, Republicans actually lead on issues surrounding the election and securing the election and all of those sorts of things. So it's it's it, I think it's going to fall on deaf, deaf ears. And I think the reason why they're pushing that message so hard is they don't have anything else to run on. What are they going to say? We passed the Infl- Inflation Reduction Act that didn't reduce inflation like I mean, that's the thing is their entire premise in this election cycle, you know, there's about six weeks left. All they have left to do is to try and distract voters because every day, every American feel this economy is getting worse. Crime is going up. The border is very clearly not secure. So, so the, you know, when you, the Democrats control the House, the Senate, the White House, and this is the result, it's not like they've got a record that they can run on. They have to completely distract everybody. Yeah. Well, this is what I keep saying. Not everyone is going to get an abortion. You know what everyone does do? Buy gas. Yeah. And yeah. if that's not enough to get them, there's other huge factors like the cost of food. People can't afford to eat. They're literally taking out loans and maxing out credit cards. It's unsustainable. I, I just, I don't understand how we're even competitive, how, how there's even a competition in the polls at this point. With the economy on the verge of imploding, you'd think close. that people would just be like, okay, we're done with this. Mm-hmm. But I guess the issue is Republicans suck. So, you know, what are you going to get? Well, I mean, the, a, lot, a lot of people are saying third party, you know, I, younger people too. I, I think a, a part of the problem is, okay, well, what's, what's, you know, this group of Democrats got going for them is basically every major news organization on, on, in the country will push whatever line that they need. They can pretty much, you know, the tech companies will kick off anyone who, you know, left-wing groups want gone. Like, the number of people who've been censored from social media, whether it's shadow banned, you know, permanently banned, if they can ban the the former president of the United States, like, you know, they can ban anyone they want. And, and, and you're seeing that happen right now in the election cycle. I think, yeah, I think what you're getting at there is there is sort of like a non-response bias from a lot of people who've just been worn out, I think, from COVID and lockdowns and all of those things, that they don't participate as much in the censorship, too, mm-hmm. smug, like you mentioned. But I think also, and we've talked about this a little, little bit on Ruthless, you know, when, when you're talking to your average uh, voter, you know, in the summer or, you know, before Labor Day, they're busy. They're traveling, they're going on vacation, they're with their kids. Now their kids are back in school now that we're post-Labor Day. And you're starting to see all of these polls move towards Republicans. And the reason why is everyone's waking up and looking around for someone to blame. Because they blame Joe Biden. Mm -hmm. They already blame him. You look at the right track, wrong track in the polling in in this country, or you look at his approval, and he's like 37, 38% approval, right? But they don't necessarily associate that with their Democratic senator or whatever. But now, little by little, those voters are looking around, they're saying, well, how can I express that frustration with Joe Biden? Oh, you know what? I'm going to vote against Catherine Cortez Masto. I'm going to vote against Maggie Hassan. Hmm. It's just, so, it's, yeah, go ahead. Well, I'm hearing people saying that the, the stream is shadow banned and notifications aren't going out and stuff like that. And it's been a recurring theme. Yeah. And so I was just checking my phone and I got, I got an auto post outside of the video stream, some kind of unique YouTube auto post that says, can you spot the manipulation in some weird little cartoon? And it's a video, but it's like YouTube created a special post only for them, it looks like. 
And then it's just like some guy watching a video. And then when you click it, it's like how to fight misinformation. <laughs> so we know. Interesting. We know what's going on. Hmm. We know what's going on with YouTube. And then there was a story that uh, Jack Posobiec was uh, uh, tweeted about. Actually, I'll pull up the story here from the uh, the Washington Post, and we'll talk about the censorship in real time. From the Washington Post, inside the civil rights campaign to get big tech to fight the big lie. Hmm. For months, civil rights groups have unsuccessfully pleaded with big tech companies to bolster their election policies. Correction. A group of activists are lying about what individuals have said and what they believe in an effort to get their political rivals banned. And the problem is, no matter how many times they say it, YouTube looks at the content and goes, they're not breaking the rules. So right now, I have to wonder about us being shadow banned. And I think we are. Um, You know, the weird thing is our clips that we post from this show are doing really, really well. They're doing better than ever. And the live show seems to not, they're not sending out notifications for it. A lot of people try to justify this saying, oh, well, you know, maybe you're posting too many clips. Now we're doing the exact same thing we've always done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We do like four clips per day and then we do the show. They're not sharing the show. So if you want to help us fight back against the censorship because there's nothing they can do, share the video, be the notification. That's the best we can do. Otherwise, they win. So here's what happens. I get, a, I get hit up by uh, some journalists from the Washington Post. We talked about it a little bit. They mentioned Jack Posobiec. They mentioned me. They mentioned a few other people. And they claim that we rose to prominence in 2022, pushing the big lie. Incredible. They email me. This is fascinating. And this woman is like, so uh, you're, you're included on a list of 77 individuals who have, who have claimed Biden hasn't won fairly. And I was like, when did I claim Biden didn't win fairly? Like, pretty sure I'm constantly saying Biden did win and uh, been ragged on by Trump supporters for doing so. And the left made a video compilation of me mocking me for saying Biden won. So like, what's your point? She sends me a list of tweets. She's like, here's the tweets where you've called out fraud. And I'm like, okay. And the tweets are like, Elizabeth Holmes convicted of fraud. GoFundMe accused of fraud. And I was like, like, what does this have to do with the election? And so they include me still in this story. And so what I think is happening is that YouTube, they're politically biased. What I think is happening is we keep getting these stories where they try and claim that we've broken the rules. But no matter what, you like if YouTube took us down claiming we did, I'd sue them in two seconds for breach of contract because I know the rules and we did not break them. So what can they do? In the background, they can shadow ban. They can do things like this to su- suppress the views, make sure people can't see it. And then they can try and appease the activists and be like, oh, look, we're doing everything we can to reduce misinformation but they can't explicitly take action against us. It has to be subversive. Well, and the, and the other thing is, who do they choose to elevate, right? And it's not oh, yeah. it's not just YouTube, but like if you look at the recommended videos or recommended podcasts mm-hmm. and the Apple podcast app or the stuff they're highlighting for that month. I mean, have you ever seen a conservative show up there? <laughs> Never. No. Ever? Never. <laughs> why, why, so uh, people have, have pointed this out all the time. We regularly will, you know, we, we had like in the past month, 60 something thousand concurrent viewers. It's political off season. In the 20, during the 2020 election, we were getting 150,000 concurrent viewers on the show, never trending. Like that, that should have been featured as their top trending live show or one of them. And they just would never do it. So like outright, they try and silo shows like this, content like this. Now that we're into the October surprise uh, time frame. It's no surprise that we're now hearing people being like, I can't find the show. It's not mm-hmm. popping up. Some people are saying it doesn't even appear on our page itself. Hmm. Yeah. That they have to go, go to timcast.com or type in the URL manually. Mm. YouTube.com slash timcast IRL slash live. And once again, if everybody who's watching 
just shares it and posts the link, there is nothing they can do to censor it. Shadow banning won't work then. Yeah, YouTube essentially decides if people will ever see your content or not. And there's many different underhanded things that they could do to make sure people never see you. Even though you have a large subscription base, even though you're consistent, even though you have a schedule, it doesn't matter. I, I, I've been through it all throughout my entire YouTube career and they could mess with you in the search. I remember I couldn't even find my YouTube channel and I typed in, we are changed. I typed in exact titles of videos that I did couldn't even find it. They do it through, of course, limiting notifications, demonetizations, downranking in the algorithm. And and of course, who do they promote? CNN, CBS News, horrible track record, horrible organizations that I don't even call news organizations. They are propaganda organizations that have been caught multiple times lying on purpose spreading disinformation, hurting people with the, the misinformation that, of course, they, they spread to the general public and having a huge negative effect on the general public, pushing, of course, partisan bullcrap rather than, of course, actual news. And the people who do promote actual news, we get we get hurt by the algorithm since, of course, there's this favoritism on YouTube, which elevates, uh, elevates those voices that you were just mentioning. So, so I'm curious what everyone's thoughts are on this. But, you know, what do you think is the answer to that? Because, I mean, the way I, I see it is... You know, you want to diversify, number one, and be available in multiple places, lots of places, hopefully, across many different platforms. But I also think, like, you know, the conservative movement, you know, anybody who cares about liberty in this country should get invested in creating our own platforms and our own tech mm -hmm. and do everything. Like, let a, like Mao said, let a thousand flowers bloom. Try a, a bunch of different things. But, like... Also, build your own ecosystem at some point for when the day comes where, like, no notifi notifications go out for the show, right? And they totally block the account. I mean, I think so, uh, you know, part of me thinks that maybe 10 years ago, five years ago, maybe even, that would be, you know, something that would be possible. But it's gotten to the point where the left has gone on offense so effectively that, like, okay, you can try to start your own platform, but they're gonna make sure that you can't bank anymore. Right, so you know? that, that, it's a really good point because they get to the root of mm -hmm. the internet, right? Like we're not even just talking about like front end platforms now, yeah. they're talking about banking, we're talking about servers, yeah. right? Yeah, they're like, Taking, your website can't be hosted, yeah. you can accept zero dollars. But you can solve that problem, you know, with the servers, you know? You, you, I mean, you could be off AWS, for example, or whatever. But the banking part is yeah. really, really yeah. and, interesting, and they've gotten very effective at, at trying that. Like, like their 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 entire strategy has moved. Like, you know, you used to be able to be a libertarian, I think, mm -hmm. right? And it made sense. It was kind of like leave me alone, live and let live. Picture this: you're driving on the open road, taking in the beautiful views this country offers. Then, out of nowhere, you hear a noise, and your car breaks down. While still frustrating, you feel protected because you have a plan through Car Shield. CarShield has helped millions of drivers from having to pay back-breaking car repair costs. All you have to do is call before a breakdown. Plans can pay for expensive repairs on your out-of-warranty car, truck, or SUV. All for CarShield's low monthly rate that never goes up as long as you cover your car. With a plan through CarShield, you get protection on over 5,000 major parts and systems with just a visit to carshield.com carlson. I'm talking big money items like your transmission, engine, electronics, and so much more. CarShield is here to keep you moving forward and make car breakdowns and the repairs that follow just a tiny bump in the road. Go to carshield.com slash carlson. Protect yourself from the unprecedented rise in costs for parts and repairs. Visit now to save 20%. carshield.com slash carlson. That's carshield.com slash carlson. But at this point, that's not good enough. They don't want to let live. They will continue pushing forward. 
So basically, at this point, you're left with nothing but like you have to fight back. Well, and what they them. can't and what they can't get done through government. They get through done through other institutions now, or corporations, which is, yeah, corporations which, is which are basically scariest, another yeah. left wing entity. Mm. Take 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 a look at this. So I found it. Oh, on, yeah. uh, so it was on my phone. It's called Hit Pause, and this is the, one of these videos was in my feed automatically. But it was like when you when you open the YouTube app, you can see like the username, the the video, and then the name of the the, the video, or whatever. These have like had like their own special box. Let me actually see if I can pull it up on my phone and then actually just show you this way because. It's certainly not, I don't know, just, I wouldn't call it normal how it, how it popped up on my, uh, my feed. It's 2000. So take a look at this. Yeah. It's like, it, it takes up the whole phone. There you go. With a YouTube featured, can you spot the manipulation, learn more. This is not a wow. normal, normal YouTube thing. And it's happening right when the election's going on and are, are, are about to kick off. I mean, early voting is starting relatively soon. This is YouTube manipulating the election. Hands down. Big tech is manipulating the election on purpose. They are interfering. Uh, but you know what? Not a, I, I'm willing to bet there's going to be like one, I'll say, I'll say one, maybe upwards of five Republicans who actually say anything. And even if they do, they're going to sit down in front of big tech and they're going to be like, so you're, you're choosing what can and can't be seen. And they're going to go, well, you know, we're trying to combat misinformation. They're going to go, oh, I shake my fist at that. And I'm going to write a sternly worded letter to you. <laughs> and that's the end of it. Then the Republicans are going to lose. And, that, and there you go. Congratulations. So I think uh, uh, in terms of the political uh, arena, I think the important part right now is we're in a situation where Democrats have the House, the Senate, the White House, right? We need to take control of at least one branch. And ideally. the corporate media. And, the and corporate big media. tech social media. And big tech social media. So ideally. And Hollywood. You know, and I mean, it, that's, the, that's what <laughs> we're the, up against. And the, and the music industry. I mean, that's what we're up against. <laughs> and the, and the higher oh institutions of learning. This is getting pretty depressing. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so, so the thing is, is that we have to take a majority in either, you know, the House or the Senate or both, hopefully, that we can get a majority. And that's when we start holding our representatives, our senators' feet to the fire. Because without having a majority, you're just, you, you know, what can you do? You're getting railroaded. Well, and if you, ha rolls and if you have the House, if, if you have the gavel in the House, then you have the power to investigate, the power to subpoena, right? And that's an incredibly powerful thing to have. So, yeah, I mean, getting a House majority in particular would be very useful for investigating some of this stuff. The one thing I would say, though, also, I mean, like, look, I think the Internet has been great for libertarians and conservatives. I think the Internet is probably the most democratizing force in politics in the history since the printing press. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think there's more of us than there are of them. And so the Internet is obviously a place where finally we get to rebalance the teams, right? The corporate media is never going to give us an equal share. But on the internet, we have a chance. I think the big problem that we have with big tech or, you know, you know, any, any of this stuff, this shadow banning and everything is they're really responding to government incentives, right? Because, you know, their business model is let's make as much money as we can. Let's serve as many ads to people as we can. Let's get as many users as we can. The only thing that threatens that is the government. Right. And so they're going to respond to those incentives in a way that says, I want to work with you. You know, oh, yeah, we'll 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 regulate content. The people that you don't like, you know, we're going to shadow ban. So you're going to feel better uh, about the content that the voters are seeing in this country. But, you know, if we get power. Is what, what's going to happen? You know, are they going to flip around and start banning a bunch of liberals? No, probably not. Nope. Let, let, so here's the video. This is really interesting. Let's play this. We have it. Uh, uh, how how we're tackling misinformation on YouTube, and it's very very enlightening. Check it out. Let me make sure we have. Uh, 
Let's play. Let's let, let me make sure we have the sound Good turned on properly. Sound. Oh, yeah. this is this is great. Learn more about the topics that interest them. We have a responsibility to increase access to good information, oh, good information. while decreasing the bad. To make sure that we're doing that, we tackle oh, misinformation sure. on our platform based on what we call four R's of responsibility. We remove the most harmful content that violates our policies. We reduce recommendations of borderline content. We raise up authoritative sources for news and information. And we reward trusted creators and artists. You can learn more about how we enforce our policies in a separate video. But the bottom line is that we aim to enforce our community guidelines consistently using a combination of machine learning systems, content reviewers, and user reports to detect, review, and remove content that crosses the line. We strive to remove content that violates our policies before it's widely viewed or viewed at all. For more information about the issue right there is that they reduce recommendations on what they deem to be borderline while propping up authoritative sources. How do you become an authoritative source? Corporate power and money. That's what mm-hmm. it always is. That's why it was, It was. I think, like four years ago, a whole, whole swath of YouTubers noticed the recommendations collapsed from like 7 or 8% of their views to like 0.1. Fox News, MSNBC, and CNN shot straight up. Yeah. yeah, they're pretty much saying, hey, you don't have a billionaire corporate, a uh, millionaire, uh, you know, agenda f- uh, for your cause. You're screwed. Sorry. Good luck next time. Yeah, uh, well, that 4R thing was pretty horrific yeah. to see them break it down. And the thing is, is that that's actually not unprecedented at all. We saw in a previous cycle where uh, Hunter Biden's laptop is labeled misinformation or propaganda from like over from a Russian propaganda machine. And so those so-called authoritative sources are the ones who agreed, like almost like a cartel of information that like, we will not cover this at all. Yep. We're not going to highlight that. Well, so when they say authoritative sources, are they going to hold accountable the people who told us two years ago that this is a nope. Russian misinformation? Oh, oh, or oh, the oh, Hunter oh, Biden oh, story? Or, or or the Hillary Cl- uh, Russia gate? Or WMDs R- in R- Iraq? R- right, is YouTube gonna go back and flag all the videos from the New York Times and the Washington Post and BuzzFeed all on the Russiagate stuff that wasn't real. Yeah. Are those flagged? Is that misinformation now? Are all of their their accounts going to be blacklisted I mean, or downranked? How many strikes do those camp, uh, do those channels deserve? Like the New York <laughs> Times for misinformation. Like those, there were four years of, of Trump's presidency where it was basically one after the other conspiracy theory that the media is running wildly with and irresponsibly with while trying to do everything they can to silence the other It's side. just wild to me we've gotten to the place in this country where we need to preemptively determine in in a conversation, in a debate, who preemptively is correct. Yeah, and, and what is borderline content? <laughs> who yeah. defines that? What This is an or- Orwellian term that absolutely makes no sense at all and could be interpreted in so many different I'll, fashions. I'll tell you who determines that. It's the loudest, furthest left-wing people on that company Slack. Yeah. Who will make life a living hell for everyone if they don't get their way. Oh, this borderline content doesn't work for my own political beliefs and biases. Yeah. Therefore, we have to take it down even though it doesn't violate the rules or the terms of services or, or the code of conduct. They're like, that's, this, that's this what person's content is to the right of Bernie Sanders, so it is dangerous <laughs> and could kill me. And like, wow. everything well, is always framed on. as being dangerous. That person hasn't gotta, left gotta, their house in two you right years. There. The World Socialist website called Bernie Sanders and Nationalist Capitalist. <laughs> Amazing. Wow. And that was a couple of years ago. So what they're really saying is you're only one degree to the left of Stalin. Mm, Got to go. Yep. Got to go. Not yep. far left enough. <laughs> I don't know how much further left you can go after that. But here we are, ladies and gentlemen. So my, my question, I guess I'm wondering, here's the challenge in terms of a lawsuit. How do you know you're being affected by it? Right now, it's speculation. 
A lot of people are reporting they're not getting notifications. They're also reporting that the app is crashing. And we've noticed some interesting things, the live show that is completely atypical. We'll have like 40,000 live viewers. And then in 10 minutes, or not even in 10 minutes, but in like one jump, it'll go like 40, 41,000, 38,000, mm-hmm. which it makes no sense that 3,000 people all at once all just like decided, you know what, at this point, I'm turning the show off. <laughs> but people are telling us it's crashing on them. Interesting. The challenge is, let's say we are being negatively impacted by this and it's a breach of contract. What are the rules? Did we break them? How do we know? When I sign up for YouTube and I agree to do this business and a portion of my ad revenue goes to them, they have to abide by their side of the, the bargain as well. If they're telling me now that they're altering the terms without, without saying anything to me, and I sign an agreement, they, they're changing, then I, I, what, what can we do? I mean, if we sue, the, the court's going to be like, YouTube's going to say, it's not happening. And then I'm going to say, well, I want discovery to see exactly how their algorithm is, is doing this. And then it's probably going to get thrown out because the court's just always, look, big corporations win. That's how it plays out. I mean, play that's out. the thing is that at the end of the day, you know, Google owning YouTube is going to have an army of attorneys who 24 hours a day will fight to ensure that no one can ever see a lick of the algorithm that they have that determines any of this. You know, they absolutely can't let any of that out. I mean, that's the whole question. Is I, I think it's going to require uh, the government intervening. It's going to require Republicans to to take actually the do something. Well, already and start so, punishing. So, look, look, look. Already, uh, Alex Berenson got a, got an opinion from a, from a, I think it's a federal court that big tech does not have the ability to censor arbitrarily. Or something to that effect. It's, it's a huge. I mean, this opinion could open the floodgates. The challenge is you still need to prove they took an action. So right now we have speculation. YouTube 13 days ago said we are going to start doing this thing. Recently, people said, hey, I'm noticing a thing on your channel. So it's speculative. What can we do to get discovery or anything like that? We can argue that uh, around this time we saw uh, a reduction in our in our live show viewership. And that's censorship, and they might just argue, "Now nah, your show sucks." And what do you what do you say? The judge is going to be like, "Unless you can prove something was actually done." So, well, maybe in discovery we could see, "Hey, they're talking about limiting these and these channels." You won't even get to discovery unless you can say they did a thing to damage my business in violation of a contract. So this is the problem with big tech. Everything that Ian brings up all the time, and this he's right about. The one thing I don't agree with Ian on is he says we got to free the software code. I know if you, yeah, if you guys have watched the show, you've heard him say it. And I'm like, why, why, why? But the, when he's talking about this, just we're going to free the code. And it's going to fix everything. I'm like, you're wrong. But when he says we got to free the code because otherwise you don't know what the corporations are doing, he's completely right. So I don't know if you, you, you know, freeing the code might not necessarily be the right thing, but there is a problem in that Facebook has been experimenting on people and manipulating people. We got that report from the Washington Post that their, their psychological operations targeting, you know, people that it was mostly pro-Ukraine, anti-Russia. If we don't know what these platforms are doing, they could be doing illegal things. How do we solve for that? What's the oversight? Right? When, when, so, you know, if you want to open a restaurant and sell cheeseburgers, you know how many permits you're going to get, how hard it is? In fact, I think it's too hard. It shouldn't be that hard to sell a cheeseburger. But it's so insanely easy, relatively, to manipulate the public with algorithms made, meant to drive them insane or push political bias. 
Exactly. I mean, from the very beginning, I've always been talking about the, the, the intelligence agencies and their influence on big tech social media. And I think that's becoming more and more apparent. There's Fauci parody accounts that are being taken down because the U.S. government is saying, hey, this is not okay. We don't like you making fun of our Lord and Savior, Dr. Fauci. Hey, this former New York Times journalist bringing up scientific facts and studies and research. We don't like that because it goes against our agenda. And they're bending the rules of society and screwing everyone else over, providing a huge disservice to everyone online by limiting the amount of information that could go into their ears and mind. That to me is godlike authority that they are absolutely abusing. They should have never been trusted in the first place with this power and authority, but yet here we are today, which is crazy. I'll tell you the one thing that we can do for the time being. Obviously, you know, so we we had an issue with the uh, NewsGuard. You guys familiar with NewsGuard? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, they gave us an 82 out of 100. Let me just say, YouTube, your beloved Bill Gates NewsGuard. Okay, NewsGuard has a deal with Microsoft. You know, some people were like, clarify, Tim. It's not Bill Gates funding it. No, no, no. They have a deal with uh, Microsoft. It embeds the NewsGuard thing. I use that specifically because it's a check against their attacks against us. It's a good insurance policy for sure. We so uh, a good example of how this plays out. We we had a, a I had a legal dispute with them that was resolved, and we ultimately won to the best of what we could win. And there's no there's no pursuit after this. But I'll explain. They emailed me about TimCast.com and said that uh, you had two stories alleging that Hunter Biden was helping secure funding for biolabs in Ukraine, or something like that, on your YouTube channel. How you explain this? And my response was just like, those two stories that you're talking about were are cited by two NewsGuard certified sources. And they went, oh, yeah, mm, sorry about that. Never mind. So they tried claiming falsely that the Hunter Biden laptop story was fake to me, that the emails weren't real to me, NewsGuard. And I said, NewsGuard certified these two outlets who have independently verified the emails are real. Next question. So what do they do? They come back and they claim that because we quoted Trump without fact checking him, we're irresponsible and gave us a strike. Still, we're at 82 out of 100, considered green checkmark. We're, we have a higher rating than CNN, MSNBC, and Fox News, all, all of those major outlets. But it took them about three weeks to correct a, a, a plethora of errors. So I came to them and I said, fix the error. They said, no, fix the error. I said, no. I said, if you do, if now acknowledging you know there's errors, you won't fix them, I'm going to sue you. They came back and they were like, you'll never win because we'll claim all of these are opinion, except they are fact. And then I was just like, what? Ultimately, what they ended up doing, they did back down on everything except removing the strike. So we remained at 82 out of 100, but they issued this ridiculous wall of corrections because it was just insanely wrong. But so this is the issue. I bring, I bring that up because people have asked me about it. Like, are you going to sue NewsGuard? I'm like, we won. I can't. Right. It's it. It's over. I talked to three different lawyers, I think. And they said, you won. They, they issued a wall of retractions and corrections, but they're not going to rate you better I don't think a judge is going to get it past summary. He's going to be like, you got what you wanted. And, that, and then I'd argue, no, they're calling it irresponsible. Yeah, well, it's an opinion. Have a nice day. You're out. In this capacity, what YouTube is doing, we, we need to, especially considering the Alex Berenson uh, opinion that came out, showing they have no right to censor. We need to make sure we're doing everything in our power to stop YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter from deciding what is true. Mm -hmm. This should not be allowed. Imagine if AT&T, is the example everyone uses, her, her was intercepting your phone calls and they were like, I don't know, he said something I didn't like that I didn't think was true, so they hang up on you, right? They can't be allowed to do that. For the time being, here's what y'all can do. YouTube is powerless against a popular show. Mm. They're completely powerless against it. They could shadow ban the channel. 
so that it could only be viewed if you type in the website URL and then we post it on TimCast.com. And if you're a fan of the show, you find it. They are presumably trying everything in their power. And it's, I, I think other people have it worse than me. Don't, don't get me wrong. I think, you know, they've been going after Crowder so, like way harder than they go after us. So long as people actually like the show, actually tune in and be the notification, share the URL wherever you can. Oh, they'll start banning people one by one for sure. But you genuinely cannot stop a show that's popular when people decide I'm going to tune in every day at eight, regardless of whether or not YouTube notifies me. So they're trying to stop people from finding it. But if people watching it say, no, I'm going to share it because it's a good show, they're powerless. They can't stop it. I mean, to me, I think what is long overdue and what's going to be necessary is for Congress to not be toothless for these organizations. And it's going to take a consent decree. The same way that you've seen, you know, monolithic companies in the past where the government says you've gone too far. There needs to be a consent decree on Google, consent decree uh, for Twitter. Um, especially given that we now know and it's become widely apparent to anyone who's willing to, to see the truth that in an election cycle, all these companies, the big tech companies, the large corporate media companies banded together and created a cartel of information and said, no, voters, voters aren't allowed to know this. They regret the Internet. Oh, yeah. They didn't see it coming. No, they really do. They really do because it's the biggest threat to legacy media, right? It allows us an end to run. Legacy. Yeah. An end run around all the traditional gatekeepers that you see on cable news every night to information that you can seek yourself. I mean, it's the biggest threat to their entire business model. Yeah, it, tempor but I, but I, yeah, it temporarily allowed a free market where people got to choose ideas and, and individuals mm -hmm. and trusted individuals that, of course, did their work, did their homework over, of course, the propaganda. But there's a lot of cross currents in this, too. And this it's just fascinating, this whole debate on tech and the media and everything and censorship, because some of the biggest proponents of a lot of the tech regulations that are working their way through Congress are the legacy media folks themselves because it's a market share thing for them. They think if they can regulate tech more mm -hmm. that they'll restore their position in this you know, new ecosystem where Congress can sort of work the refs a little bit at all of the platforms and maybe CNN gets ranked higher and like you know, people on Facebook will see CNN's content more uh, in, in their feed rather than Ben Shapiro, for example. So I think we got to be really careful here. I think there's there's two distinctions, right? There's putting government more in charge of refereeing that whole thing and these sort of blanket things that you said, Smug, which I think is fantastic, where you could say, look, I mean, if there's a direct call to physical violence, media call physical violence, yeah, I mean, maybe you can censor that. But everything else, fine. I mean, if it's like, I don't know, pedophilia, yeah, you can censor that. But anything else, it's fine. And, and you don't have a right to censor anyone, regardless of their political opinion. And I mean, I don't know what normal person in this country could look at the last couple of years and everything that we were fed, you know, on COVID or anything else and think um, we don't need a free market of ideas. <laughs> yeah. We don't need a debate yeah. that lingers for a long time. That people should be allowed to say stuff that's wrong. That people saying stuff wrong, that is wrong and not being censored for it is actually probably healthy for our democracy. So uh, what, 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 when was the internet? The 80s? Like the first iteration was the early 80s? Al Gore 80s, invented like that. it in the 80s. Yeah. Well, it was, it was <laughs> Al Gore. Yeah. It was all Al Gore. <laughs> it was, uh, I'm pretty sure it was DARPA. Yeah. And um, the preliminary, I don't know the or, or original history, but. Uh, it was the universities and, and the defense department. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like, hey, I need to send information for a database really quickly or whatever. So we'll connect these computers. And then you get the early 90s. And I remember watching this video where this guy is saying, maybe you guys have seen it. He's like, the internet's not going to catch on. 
Yeah. Make yeah. no yeah. sense. And they were showing like, you can buy movie tickets just on your computer like this. And he's like, no one's going to want to do that. It's too complicated. And now the world is the internet. Right. So back then, the powers that be, the legacy, not just the media, the politicians, the, 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 the financial institutions, the wealthy elites, they were like, who cares? Then the internet became ubiquitous. And they were like, who cares? Then Donald Trump won the election and they went, my God, what have we done? And now, since then, they've been doing everything in their power to reverse this. In 2018, we saw the synchronized banning of Alex Jones. Just every platform, all at once. Mm -hmm. Except for Twitter, and then Twitter waited like a week and then got him. I guess they were like, we're not doing what they're doing. Psych! Beep! Wasn't there a leaked video at uh, Google headquarters with their reaction to Trump's election? Crying. Yeah, people were crying and said, why did we let this happen? And they had a town hall where they were like, okay, guys. It was basically a struggle session of like, we have to do everything we can to stop him. Yes. (laughs) Okay. The Sun has an article talking about how, uh, you know, the videos came out and they were plotting essentially to stop Donald Trump's reelection after 2020. And you could see that they they rigged the game because I I think a lot of people who helped start these big tech social media companies, well, a lot of them are connected to, of course, intelligence agencies. I've been talking about this for a very long time and we have been seeing big tech social media act on the behest of them more and more and it's becoming more clear and more obvious. And I think they realized that if they could control the algorithm, they could control people's perceptions, they could control people's minds. And that's a power that is extremely addictive I think that's a power that has influenced a lot of these major decisions. And I think what we're seeing right now is a slow squeeze. First, you got to get the radicals. You got to get the crazies. You got to get the racists. And, and everyone's like, yeah, sure. This crazy guy who believes in flat earth or whatever, get rid of him, whatever. This racist, yeah, get rid of him. But now it's it's individuals like Alex Jones. Now it's for its politicians. Now it's scientists. Now it's legitimate journalists. Now it's borderline content. You don't even have to violate any rules. It doesn't matter. You're still getting cut. You're still not going to be shown to anyone. Your career screwed over. CNN, Anderson Cooper, come on in with your CIA connections. You could say whatever you want with us. We'll even do deals with you, which they did, which is absolutely crazy. When we had Dr. Drew on the show, this was really funny because we started talking about uh, the pandemic. And then all of a sudden on YouTube side, interruptions, the stream is freezing. Hilarious. The moment we shift and start talking about civil war, everything's fine again. Then immediately I'm like, wait, let's go back to the pandemic. And then it starts freezing again. And I'm just like, dude, at this point, you're not convincing me this is a coincidence. We had someone on the show, I can't remember who it was, but Luke started talking about the CIA and then all of a sudden the stream freezes. Oh yeah. And then people came back later and they're like, you know, there's like a minute missing from your show. And we're like, oh gee, I wonder, I wonder what, just a big mistake. It's, it's always just a big mistake. You know what, man? You know what I think? I think they don't like this show. I think they like it to a certain extent. We're not as uh, egregious or overt as a lot of the people they could easily ban. And so it creates a problem. We call out the lies. We call out Joe Biden. We fact check the manipulations in the media, particularly with things like Russiagate and Ukraine gate repeatedly. We rag on Barack Obama for killing kids. These things are all true and in the mainstream press. And they just really wish these uh, the people running big tech who wish Trump never won the politicians, they, w- they really wish that we would just shut up and say the things they tell us are approved to say. Like, Ukraine good, Russia bad. I mean, that's the thing is, uh, I think that was just such a shock to their system when Trump won that like, wait, this isn't what we had planned. This isn't someone on our team. What the hell's going on? We, were, we all agreed it was going to be Hillary, right? Like, they were, they were so shocked and they're like, okay, this is such a legitimate threat for our ability to be able to kind of like uh, 
prognosticate what's coming next and help steer it in the way that we need it steered. And so when 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 Trump shows up and it's just an absolute just it crumbles what they needed to happen is when you started yeah. seeing these things at Google where they're having a, like a struggle session and be like, how do we prevent this from ever happening again? Because we don't want anything to happen that we can't predict and control. Yeah, and, and the, the connections are a lot more obvious than people think. Even Eric Schmidt, the former head of Alphabet, now working with the Weaponized Information Pentagon Board, by the way. Uh, but when he was head of Alphabet, he was working with Hillary Clinton on her yep. campaign. And he, he even bankrolled a lot of the early think tanks that came out with the term fake news before the 2020 election. I asked him about this. I was like, Aren't, don't you see this as a huge bias as you starting and weaponizing the term fake news and using it against predominantly the Republicans with this larger push for censorship when you're a part of Alphabet, Google, and YouTube? And he ended up cursing at me because this was also outside of the Bilderberg meeting. He wasn't very happy about that. And I had to, you know, tell him promptly like, hey, man, don't curse on my YouTube video. You're going to get it demonetized. <laughs> let's, let, let, let's do this. Let's, you can see that video on my YouTube channel still if you could find it. We're going to hit two birds with one stone with this story here from the Indian Express. I'm going to show you how they manipulate you and why they don't like shows like ours. The Indian Express reports. Selectively zoomed in video by Republican Twitter account shows Biden being lost on stage after oh, speech. Okay. For what reason is the headline of this NewsGuard certified outlet saying selectively zoomed in video by Republican Twitter account? Why don't they just say video shows Biden being lost on stage after his speech? They can't do it. I mean, it's they not, have they have to prime it. Right. It's not just the, the well. It's Bingo. not just the reporters. Uh, people don't understand like. It, it's the editors. It's it's the people who who write the headlines. You know, you, look at, well, we used to be straight news stories, and everything is now an editorial. Look at this. They, the NewsGuard is like they actually put the logo in wow. the story. Hey, Wild. look at that. Well, just uh, real quick, I'm going to pull up this story from TimCast, so you can all see that we here at TimCast IRL we're an opinion show, but our home base website TimCast.com is also certified by Good. NewsGuard. Okay, there. All right, Indian Express, selectively zoomed in. They've poisoned the well because the reality is Joe Biden got lost on stage and we will say it. And now they're saying, oh, he's saying it again. How do we get him to stop? <laughs> it's simple, guys. Just call me and offer me the hundred million dollars already. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. They can't stop us. They can't. Um, we don't break the rules. We try very much to make a family-friendly show, debunking the lies and exposing this manipulation. The most important thing here, and the one thing they really don't like, is that we are outright exposing how they're poisoning the well to make you see this and say, Republican, Republican equals fake news. Yep. No, the reality is there's a video outright show. Look, at here you go. Let me play the video for you, and you tell me what you think. I'm not going to tell you what to think. You, here's the video. There you go. Where's he gone? What's he doing? Oh, other way? No? Huh? Down? Oh. Uh, no? Mr. President, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love I that. Part, yeah. <laughs> Still stuck. Thank you What's he doing? Still stuck. But what? for all the millions. What's he doing? Whose lives will be saved. You're zoomed too far in, Tim. You got to zoom out. Like what is this? He's not lost. It's like the camera doesn't know what to do. Yes, he's lost. Now, look, he's not lost in the sense of like, where am I? What building is this? He's lost in the sense of he is confused and do doesn't do? know what's going on or what to do. So when you come out and you're like, man, he looks lost. 
It could mean like lost in the jungle, or it could mean he doesn't know what he's supposed to be doing right now. Right. And so they say it's manipulation. But look at his hands. Look when he walks away from the podium. What's he doing with this Mr. Burn hands? He, he, he looks like Ricky Bobby in Talladega Nights when he's doing that interview. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what to do with my hands. Yeah. I don't know what to do with my hands. Yeah, right. But he's like, what is this? Well, I think what's happening in that video, and I don't know for sure, but it seems to me that Joe Biden is sort of looking off camera to some handler in the back of the room. Like, what am I supposed to do yeah. next? You know, because they probably primed him for this. Like, oh, you're going to go up there, you can give a speech, and then you're supposed to sit down or whatever, and Joe Biden just forgot. <laughs> I mean, that's probably what happened. He probably yeah. just doesn't know. And I mean, and exactly. And it's not the first time we've seen this. We've seen this like over and over and over and get again. But what like the media wants to do is like, like, what are you going to believe? You're going to believe Tim or you're going to in your in your lying eyes. You're going to believe us. Look at G Prime 85 in the, in the responses. This is a man I would follow into the trenches. <laughs> you would know where to go. What the heck? So I'll tell you. I'll tell you why they're mad. I'll tell you why they're pissed. Because uh, I had someone comment on my Facebook and it was a moment of lucidity, a moment of honesty and clarity. And I was I was impressed. It was a leftist. And there were people saying things like, you're a grifter. And this one person said, the reason we hate you so much is because you're shattering consensus reality. Yes. And I went, yeah, OK, I, I, I agree with that. That is an incredible compliment. <laughs> it, yeah, yeah. Um, but in, in their mind, they're like, everyone must agree, no matter what. And so uh, I love the idea. So now I'm working on a song called Consensus Reality, and, you know, or maybe a concept album or something. But I'm like, at least they're honest, but that actually explains what's going on. We see a video of Joe Biden with his hands confused, and he's like doddering about confused. We see videos of him reaching out his hand to shake someone's hand, but there's nobody there, and then he looks confused. We see him on stage in the debates before he even got elected. With his teeth falling out. His eyeball popped, too. His eyeball that popped in blood. Blood's out. <laughs> yeah. So here's, yeah. the, here's the issue. You know what I care about? I like Julian Assange. I care about knowing the truth and people having the ability to make decisions for themselves based on the best information they can get. I don't care what you do with your life. Just don't hurt other people. And that's, that's the right way to go about things. Let me give you information to the best of my abilities that's accurate so you can survive. Hey, learn how to have chickens. Learn how to have goats. Watch out. There might be a recession coming, all that good stuff. And then you do you, I do me. They don't like that because they think if you shatter confidence in Joe Biden during a time of war with Russia, you're putting our efforts at risk. If you come out and question the Ukrainian propaganda and and and, and don't toe the line 100 percent, because I'll quite, I, don't, I don't trust Vladimir Putin either, but I'm not going to sit here and believe all the garbage lies they spew about Ukraine just so I march behind war. They're pissed off about it. So you know what the real issue is? It's shattering consensus reality, but it's because the consensus reality gets people to march in lockstep behind them as they go and blow up kids and wage war for pipelines and oil and conquest. It's, I it's, think that's it ultimately. It's, it's interesting. What we like to call it on our show is current thing enforcers. The current yeah, thing enforcers yeah. that really, and, and, and this isn't just the media, it's, it's, it's your run-of-the-mill liberals on the internet now, too, that, you know, they put the right flag at, at, at the right time on their Twitter yep. bio. You know, they're enforcing this sort of lockstep thing, Tim, that you're describing here, and then they've sort of made it their lives, their lives work to sort of uh, attack people who challenge that. I, I don't know where that comes from, why people ded dedicate their lives to this, but it's fascinating and it's only come in the last few years. And then, you know, I mean, that DHS uh, uh, disinformation board, that Nina Jankowicz, yeah. remember they were gonna create mm -hmm. that. The yeah. Ministry of Truth. The, gov yeah. the government was gonna Jeez. tell us, you know, what the truth was. 
<laughs> they actually tried to they actually tried to uh, institutionalize this current thing enforcer. Her job was basically going to be to be the Karen of the internet. Yeah. Yeah. So tomorrow I'm gonna see an armored truck pull up. Two guys in suits are gonna walk out with a couple briefcases and they're gonna just pop them open when there's gonna be a contract and they'll be like, We agree. <laughs> I'm gonna be like, oh no. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing, you know, um, I can't. There, there's something akin to uh, you guys know this, the, the 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 economic hitman. What was it called? Tales of Tales. Luke, you know this the, one. The economic hitman. Um, uh, what was that? It, it was it, the book was called Economic Hitman. Um, I forgot the, his name. Confessions exactly. of an Econ- Conf- oh, Confessions right? of yeah. Economic Hitman. Yep. So what what he said was basically, you know, first they'll go to a country and say, "Hey, do X." Then the person says no. Then they come back and say, "Okay, if you do X, we'll give you Y." Then the person says no. Then they say, "Okay, we're invading you to remove you to get someone who will do it." So it's like we want oil or we want bananas or who knows what. There's something similar um, in in the United States with with everything. It's it's how it works, and it's it's not a conspiracy. It's just basic power power structures. The first thing that happens is they'll be like, "Hey, you're doing a really great job. Why don't you come work for me?" You say no. Then they come back to you and say, "Why don't you come and work with this company for a large sum of money?" You say no. Then all of a sudden you're banned, stripped, kicked out, whatever. They they shut you down. So. I really do think what we're seeing now is after the banning of Alex Jones, it caused a massive ripple effect, and that had negative consequences. The rise of Parler, Gab, Minds, now Truth Social, and they're like, whoa, 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 that was bad. Parler was really scary for them. Yeah. Because Parler was, was a meteoric rise, so they colluded to shut it down. Mm. That, was a, that was overt. Like, we watched that happen. That's so crazy. It's right in your face. They're smart now. They've got to do it silently and slowly. The strategy now, I had a guy from a former Trump administration guy tell me this. He said the goal is if conservative media is effective 60% of the time, that means over a long enough period of time, Democrats lose. Mm -hmm. So what they need to do is hobble the conservatives only by 11% to put them at 49 so that Democrats hit 50 and over time Democrats win. So they're avoiding now the hardcore overt banning. They're doing it very, very slowly to create a narrative like, Oh, Crowder got a strike because he did this. Then they're going to wait. Then they're going to. Every time they give him a strike, they're knocking him off YouTube for two weeks. And that is effective. A lot of people are saying stuff like, why don't you go to Rumble? Well, Rumble's great, but I'll tell you this. Their audience is very, very much one one demographic. YouTube has Gen Z. That's why YouTube is very much like, we got to shut this stuff down. That's the game they're playing. Slow, slow uh, attrition. Yeah. Confessions by an Economic Hitman, a great book by John Perkins. And uh, in the book, he detailed exactly how the IMF, the World Bank, were working with U.S. intel agencies to extort, coerce, and manipulate developing countries for the benefit of an un- unaccountable, ruling, corporate banking elite. So he talks about invested interests of governments not working for the benefit of the people but working for the benefit of the people who put them in charge and that of course are the special interests and the big powers that of course are there behind the scenes and of course these same powers are obviously doing the same thing understanding that now on the internet people have a lot of power people have a lot of influence they want that power they want all that influence and they're going to do anything and everything just to make sure that they have a monopoly on it. And then you see you see other countries see that model and 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 put it into effect themselves, like China with Belt and Road. They're like, huh? Well, it's kind of like, like the mafia. It's kind it's yeah. kind of like the mafia. Tim, to your point of like, you know, how are they changing their strategy in this? It's it's not just the outright bans. It's more like the mafia walking into your your restaurant <laughs> and saying, "Wow, nice place you got here. Be shame if anything would happen to it." Yeah, that's you right. know. 
I couldn't help but notice just selling that uh, chicken. I sell chicken too. Maybe you should sell beef. And you're like, I don't want to sell beef. Okay. And then he pulls out the crowbar and says, I'm going to I'm going to say it again. Maybe you should sell the beef. And then you're like, it's like get in line and sell which one, what, what we want you to sell or else. Yeah. I do think it's funny though. And, and you know, I don't know your guys' backgrounds. Like where, where do you guys come from? What's your background? Um, I'm from Indianapolis originally. Um, love the Midwest. Not for, what about you? Born, I'm born in Denver, raised in the South, North Carolina. But you guys, you, do you come from Silver Spoon families and trust funds and Ivy Leagues and all that stuff? Nope. No, my, I mean, my family's I'm, I'm very proud wealthy. to be a, a state college grad and, and have Ivy Leaguers work for me. Oh, no, I, <laughs> I, I, I went to IU. Go Hoosiers. Good so I, I, I think that's like, that, that kind of hits the nail on the head with the hammer, why they don't like us for the most part. Mm -hmm. So uh, over the summer, we had a total of, I think, like 24 billboards, uh, 24, I shouldn't say billboards, but uh, on, on three separate billboards, 24 ads in Times Square for a bunch of our projects. We got a big old Michael Malice, Luke Rudkowski, Ian Crossland, me up on these massive billboards. I had a big vinyl one. And it really triggered a lot of these people to see us <laughs> in their space, like right above the ABC building. But I bring this up because I asked Luke, like, what do your parents think? Did they ever think that you running and chasing after a Rothschild would result in him getting a, a billboard in Times Square 95 feet tall? And that's kind of the point. He's not supposed to. Mm -hmm. The Rothschilds, I mean, who else? Kissinger, Kissinger. Uh, Ben Bernanke, these powerful elites are like this guy this this salt of the earth dude challenging me and the things I do is not someone who's supposed to be standing next to me on top of the mountain. And at some point, for some reason, they lost control. And here we are. And now they're like, uh oh. And that's the thing is, is there is a class that thrives on predictability that it absolutely for them to maintain what they have. I mean, you see right now, it's become crystal clear that there is absolutely an academic coastal university class of individuals who demand that the world exist in the way that they want. And, and if you have any sort of a, a viewpoint which opposes that, you're, you're a bigot, you need to be silenced, you're a danger, you're a domestic terrorist. And, and, and an extension of this is whenever they see something that did not go how they planned and doesn't ensure that the boat is not rocked, I mean, goes right back to Trump getting elected, it just outrages them and, and seeing the swing back, like the amount of, 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 of force that they brought to bear against Trump is unprecedented. When a former president can get kicked off of social media. I mean, that's that's got to be stunning. I mean, they decided they decided because Hillary Clinton lost an election, they would break the internet or yeah. tr or or try to. I mean, that was the the temper tantrum that they threw after 2016. Are y'all familiar with uh, dead internet theory? I'm no. Not, no, no, no. I I think it's it's probably partially true to a certain degree. It's the idea that around 2016, the internet slowly transformed into a completely astroturfed platform where very few re real people actually exist. And I think that's probably true. I think there's probably verified individuals. Then uh, the reason I think it's probably true is because whenever I go to events, mm -hmm. I meet people, regular people, and they're just like, oh, I'm banned from Twitter, so I can't follow you. And I'm like, really? What, why? What happened? Like, I don't know. I had 300 followers and they just banned me. And I'm like, really? I'm wondering if at some point there was a real concern with regular people being able to organize online, particularly, look, you look at the Arab Spring. Then Trump's victor, and they went, uh oh, it can happen here. Yeah. So I think to a certain degree, it's they, the NPC internet. They've right. created the NPC <laughs> internet. No, exactly. Yeah. That's yeah. why when Elon Musk was like, I'm going to buy Twitter, all of the right wing voices and libertarian moderate type saw huge gains. Yeah. And all the left and celebrities dropped dramatically. That was the fake reality. Mm -hmm. These these leftist personalities, these leftist politicians and celebrities had fake followers because that was the approved consensus reality. And when they thought Elon Musk was coming in, they panicked 
and then something got reversed overnight. Yeah, it's a, it's like when your parents are gonna come home, you gotta clean your room really, really quickly. <laughs> let's uh, let's do this. Let's do another segment exemplifying exactly why they want us censored. From the Daily Mail, exclusive Hunter Gone Wild. Oh Unhinged videos show the president's son dancing shirtless, slipping down a water slide naked, and entertaining hookers at debauched pool party in $4,140 per night Malibu rental. Wasn't the government paying for that? Yeah, Secret <laughs> that, Service as well. Secret Service, they were, they were paying. <laughs> hey man, he's living his best life. So the one thing, I'm gonna defend Hunter here. One, on one thing. They show a clip of him in jeans with no shirt on making eggs. And he's like dancing as he does it. And I'm like, this that is pretty normal. Yeah. Lydia said it was like the least objectionable thing. He's <laughs> hey, ever Hunter Biden is just like hey, us. Just like <laughs> <it was there>. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is the kind of thing that makes them panic. When you expose, there, there was another story, which is probably more important, that Hunter Biden's being accused of, work, of working or being uh, um, uh, under the control of foreign influence. Like, that's the real story. Mm -hmm. And so, actually, they're probably more happy for us to talk about Hunter going wild and, you know, I don't know, just living his best life with group sex because and the thing hookers. Is, is that when they can try to make the story that conservatives mad Hunter lives salacious life. Republicans pounce. Yeah, they can completely distract from, well, he was right. doing a lot of, of negotiations and offering access to his dad for a lot of money. Yeah, they want to make it a tabloid story when the the, the truth is... Joe Biden said, and I don't know if people remember this, Joe Biden said, you know, I had no knowledge of Hunter's business dealings at all. And then all, you know, the leaks come out of all the emails, emails. Of, of, you know, he's going to meet with uh, with Biden's uh, business partner on a, on a trip mm -hmm. over to China. Mm -hmm. And then the uh, and then the other uh, emails of Hunter Biden setting up the family office yep. in uh, Georgetown where he, he's going to need keys for Joe Biden yeah. and his, his Chinese business partner. And it's like, has anyone asked Joe Biden why he lied about whether he had knowledge of Hunter Biden's business dealings? He obviously did. But instead of, of talking about that, we're now redirected onto this tabloid stuff. It's fascinating. Yeah. Yeah, and he was wanking out on camera. Okay. <laughs> I, I, knew, I knew we'd get to that. Well, get to that. well isn't like, he claiming that like he can't support... Uh, the, yeah, the child that he had with a with a stripper that Joe Biden refuses to acknowledge the grandchild. That is wild. That's in, that's yeah. amazing. I, I think the whole story also goes down to the relationship that Biden has with his family. I think there's a lot of contention there, especially with the latest kind of diary that also yeah. has been uh, corroborated by the federal authorities that also have a lot of serious questions. I think uh, at the end of the day, there was a lot more to this father-son relationship that is very troublesome that I think is worth investigating more as well because if if you truly look at Biden, I mean, there's so many instances where you could say, holy cow, this 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 is leading down a pathway of something very dangerous, of something very nefarious, of something really nasty and bad that I think we're still only scratching the surface of. And as we're investigating every little detail about Donald Trump's private life, we're not even looking I mean, that's at, a, what, at what is, the Bidens have been doing. Yeah. I'm so glad you said yeah. that because it's absolutely fascinating that we're talking about a a, a court case in New York on Donald Trump and the raid of Mar-a-Lago. Meanwhile, you know, the current president of the United States, his son selling access to his office. We, have all, we know all this stuff to be facts now, and there's no investigation in Congress right now on any of that stuff. But I know that Republicans have said, and they've promised, if we retake the House, that they're going to subpoena people and we're going to start to have investigations on this. I really hope that they do. And I mean, the, the greatest irony to me is that, like, 
you hear case after case that's been filed against Trump, all the allegations that the media was told to go and report on all these things that Donald Trump did in Russia. Well, actually, the, the Hunter Biden was doing all all along while arranging what? deals with the vice president of the United States to capitalize on this. And when they talk about, oh, Donald Trump must be compromised, there's all this compromise. Meanwhile, the, the, the yeah. vice president's son is doing a lot of compromise well, the, 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 stuff while this, setting up business the, the, deals. This is it's 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 the censorship and stuff like this that makes me want to vote for Trump more than ever. Yeah, I, I really do think DeSantis would be better. I, I really especially with the Martha's Vineyard thing. I mean, that was brilliant. It, it was it was genius. It was it was a master stroke. But uh, but Donald Trump just I understand why people so many people were like he's going to come in and just kick the door in on the establishment and uh, knowing how much they despise and fear him when they do stuff like this, when they lie, cheat and steal, when they censor and scream like little whiny babies having a temper tantrum, I'm like, all right, fine. Get Trump. Just bring <laughs> Trump in. Jeez. You know, I was willing to give you a DeSantis at the very least, but then you said he was worse. All right. Then I'll give you your worst fear. No room for compromise. You know, I tried that. I was like, hey, maybe, you know, maybe we'll we'll find a good Democrat. And then you're just, no, you know what? Just send in Trump and then let Trump do whatever he wants. But I don't even care at this point. I think, you know, if Trump does run again, I think the one issue he's going to run into is if he centers his campaign around 2020 and the personal politics of oh, yeah. grievance and that sort of thing. I, I just, I don't think it's going to resonate with Republicans the same way as when he was coming down, you know, the golden escalator and was saying, I alone can fix it. That because can. a lot of people believed I alone can fix it. But now he's been president and he's going to have a record that he accomplished or didn't accomplish while he was president. And there's going to be other people on stage attacking that. And, and of course, um, I, speaking on behalf of all women everywhere, oh, they view yeah. DeSantis as <laughs> dreamy and attractive. <laughs> right, and they yeah. would vote for him over or Donald Trump any day. So uh, DeSantis is a real path to victory because he's going to get all those ladies hot and bothered. But I think, Wait. I mean, why, why DeSantis is having a lot of success right now is because he's he's fighting on the issues that animate the Republican base. Yeah. Like right? You like, saw recent polling right. in Florida six months ago. Trump was above DeSantis. And now yeah. you see DeSantis is DeSantis is talking million. about he's putting up dubs and Trump's talking about L's. Yeah, it's as simple right. as that. That's right. And, and, and there's a lot to criticize on uh, Donald Trump, especially with his record when he was in office. There's a lot of things you could point to, especially even as a conservative or Republican being like, yeah, that was not a smart decision. That was not a good move. I don't want to get into it here because I, I'll be talking for a while. Uh, <laughs> but but DeSantis also is being attacked very severely. Uh, uh, the corporate media came out and they all called him a kidnapper today. They all called him a human trafficker when, of course, he did what essentially the Biden administration has been doing for months, shipping migrants all across the United States. But when he does it for a political reason, he's now being labeled. He's now being sued. He's going to be dragged into court just like Donald Trump has, just like Alex Jones has. And he's being sued by an activist organization that, of course, receives money from a George Soros fund <laughs> that is connected to the Open Society Network. And, of course, he's going to have more legal battles now. And I think think there's this is something important to note here because a, a lot of the major opponents against the current establishment all of them are pretty much in court right now and i don't think that's a coincidence well this is a bit of a hobby horse for me is that the issue of left-wing dark money where you have billionaires you you have a a, a swiss billionaire hans york vis right who funded uh uh these various left-wing groups and this is a, an overseas billionaire this is a, a swiss foreign national a foreign national who's spending Hundreds of millions of dollars here in the U.S. He's given over three million to Stacey Abrams, over sixteen million to Joe Biden, to influence what he wants to happen. So, so these groups are allowed to exist outside of 
of of normal politics in the sense that they don't have to report the, the Russians. The, the Russians spend a hundred thousand dollars on Facebook ads, and and the Hillary Clinton and the Democrats want to break the internet because yeah. of that fact. And this Swiss billionaire can spend hundreds of millions of dollars impacting our elections, and the media is like. Well, you know what? It's for a good cause, and it goes and it, and it goes to all these left wing groups that that their various things like uh, demand justice, who basically yeah. wants to just pack the Supreme Court. So there is no matter what they can do, you know, there is still one body in this country that has to follow the Constitution. That's the Supreme Court, and that just enrages them to no end. Is that wait? We thought if we control the media and 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 we control you know big tech and we control Hollywood, that means that like. Everyone had to listen to us. Why is the Supreme Court not following what we want? So they now have this left-wing group pushing to pack the Supreme Court. And you see, like, so many groups, uh, whether it's uh, uh, these, like, fake news left-wing agencies oh, yeah. who try to decide what is truth, what is false. It's all funded by the same, like, uh, open-air society. All the left-wing groups are all funded by these billionaires. Arabella Advisors. Arabella Advisors. Remember you know, that name? The, the umbrella organization that feeds cash down to all of these groups in this fake news network that the left uh, left wing has created through Courier's newsroom mm-hmm. and State's newsroom and all of these, you know, the Michigan advance is just this, it's this Michigan, you know, local media thing. And actually it's funded by George Soros and this mm-hmm. entire network and it pushes left wing propaganda, the news feeds of Americans every single day. But, you know, the thing that's interesting is like, you look at the left, uh, the left uh, wing, you know, dark money folks who are like financing things like this DeSantis, uh, the, the lawsuit yep. against DeSantis, yep. you know, where is the lawsuit for all the migrants who died in the back of that boxcar in Texas? That sheriff didn't care about that at all, did he? No, yeah. no. You know, in the same in the same county where apparently these migrants come from, and he's freaking out. This this Democrat elected sheriff. What about the story? It was fifty three, I think, right? Yeah, yeah. They were just locked in and died, one hundred and two degrees, and that wasn't a big story for them. These well, people are well. It's it's not you know it's it's not a big deal because it didn't happen in Martha's Vineyard. You know, I mean, right. these the, the coastal elites who run our media only care about places like Martha's Vineyard. They don't care about the border. They don't care about the reality that millions of Americans have to live, you know, live under when you have to absorb million now millions of we're breaking records, millions of people coming in across the border. You know, the schools are overwhelmed, the social services, and they can't take care of 50 migrants well, that's in the a thing beach is, community. That's the thing. Is, yeah. You have the coastal elites who, are, who they show up to like their various book parties and everything. They have to let each other know. I'm a good person, which means I, you know, I support uh, uh, sanctuary cities, and yeah. in this house we believe yeah, in put the yard in sanctuary sign. cities, mm-hmm. because they never have to live with the consequences of their beliefs that they wish to impose on the rest of us. Just the same way that they they're willing to take private jets and demand everyone else eat worms. You know, like it's the exact same situation where now they're having to live with the consequences of their beliefs that they want imposed on everyone else, and like whoa. Do even take two days before they do like the military needs to get these people out of our vacation area right now. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to give a shout out real quick before we move on to the next segment. Someone had a really good idea. They said that I should set up an email address where people can email so that we can compile evidence of shadow banning and use that in any potential lawsuits. So if you as a viewer of Timcast have encountered any suspected shadow banning or strange anomalies, email shadowband at timcast.com. That's shadow, B-A-N-N-E-D at timcast.com with screenshots and an explanation. I understand for a lot of people, it may, it may, some people make mistakes. And how do you, how do you send a screenshot of not getting a notification? Mm. And then they can always argue like, well, we don't always send notifications for everything, but people are saying it's a new phenomenon. But some people are pointing out they can't comment. 
that the videos are being listed as as children's videos, so they can't interact at all, which is just insane and not and like not the case on our end. So there are clearly strange happenings. And I suppose the argument is if we co- compile enough of this and show a pattern occurring among our viewers, we may be able to at least convince a judge something discernible is happening and we should have a review as to what. I, I don't know. I, I talked to a lawyer, but I suppose if we can show a pattern of, of activity, then YouTube would have to do a review or we'd, we'd get, be able to get discovery on any communications about restricting our show. Do, do you have multiple Wi-Fi's here with different IP addresses? I'm not going to talk about <laughs> Okay. <laughs> well, well, I'm just saying, I mean, uh, the video evidence is the best evidence. In theore- theoretically, you could like, you know, post a video and this notification will go out and on a separate screen have, you know, set up somebody as a subscriber and try to see if you can catch it that way. And that's one way to do it. I mean, I oh, was... well, well, I'll tell you this right now. For the past couple of weeks, we've had this phenomenon where when I launch the live stream, we create a, spe- a special little thumbnail. Like you got, you know, before before, yeah. before the show, uh, I'll, I'll, I press record and we have a staring contest because we're basically lining up this thumbnail. <laughs> for some reason, and it's thanks to Ian for, for catching this, the, thumb, the, the video for IRL is just a gray box with, with nothing in it. And so that is, I believe, intentional. Because what happens is people will be scrolling YouTube and they see a gray box because the thumbnail is what attracts people and they just scroll past it. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, why is this happening? Why did all of a sudden randomly our thumbnails just stop appearing. To me, on my end, I see the thumbnail. I, do too. I I pull up my account, I go over, I see the thumbnail. I wonder if this is for people who are passive, like if you're a passive viewer, if you're not subscribed, but you watch regularly, you're just seeing a gray box. That, that I think, is, has been a huge detriment, and I think it's intentional. Well, the power that these companies can wield using algorithms and their technology to get the outcome that they want is is unbelievable. I saw this uh, research paper that a gentleman did where uh, he went to China, he purchased a phone there, he signed up for a TikTok account, and then he saw what kind of videos it was recommending. Mm-hmm. And all the videos over there were like the triumph of the Chinese people. Mm-hmm. And like, look at all these like amazing things. We're building these yeah. massive bridges. Educational videos, totally. nationalistic videos. And then, yeah. and then he came to back to the US, he purchases the same model phone, the same model phone, signs up for a TikTok account, and all he sees is teenagers talking about like, I have mental health issues and like left-wing causes and anything that can make you feel more depressing and scared. And debauchery and twerking. Bingo. Yeah. Let's jump to this next story. Another reason why they don't like us, Air Force gender-inclusive training tells cadets to not use mom and dad. Well, I'm confident we're going to defeat Russia in this upcoming World oh, War III. Boy. How about you guys? Well, I mean, that's what I'm thinking is that it, you, you look back to World War II, you know, the Battle of the Bulge, you've had these like massive tank battles. There had to have been a time when, you know, before a shot is fired, everyone hops out of the tanks and says, okay, what are your correct pronouns? Right? <laughs> yeah. That's how it worked. Yeah. Right? I, rem- I remember that. on D- uh, the, the, I watched an old uh, war documentary about D-Day. Mm-hmm. And uh, actually, before they even fought, the, the, U- the U-boats laid land. Everybody walks out peacefully, shakes hands, and the Americans asked the Germans their pronouns. They all agreed. <laughs> then they went back in the boats, backed up, and then stormed the beach. That's true. 100%. I mean, I, I have to be honest. Like, if if the reality of future warfare was arguments, I'd, I'd be okay with that. I'd, I'd prefer that, actually, because, you know, war sucks. And so if, like, boats crash land on the beach and they run out and they're carrying, like, you know, plushies, and then they run up to each other and they're like, you smell, you smell, dude. Ah! 
oh, and that's like all war was. I think that's an improvement. Honestly, like at, the, at this point, I think something that, you know, we've seen from the past 20 years when it was the U.S. engaged in the global war on terror. And then um, I, I think the Syrian conflict was a great example is you're seeing less and less of, uh, you know, large world actors, the United States, major powers, China, trying to engage in actual like open warfare, right? They'll, they'll, they'll fund a side, they'll arm a side, but they don't want to necessarily get entangled in the conflict themselves. Like, uh, I think prime example is you bring up uh, China and Taiwan, people are like, oh my God, when, when, when is China gonna like have their ships hit the, hit, hit the beaches of Taiwan and storm it? And well, I mean, I think China's, it's become pretty clear to them that we can just strangle countries at this point with economic might, you know? Like, what's the need to have to invade America when we can use Amazon to make this country dependent on us? Yeah. Amazon's the creepiest thing ever. It's incredible. Like, if, if, if you were going to come to me and, and talk about some kind of nightmare dystopian future and then tried claiming like Neuralink and all that stuff, and I'd be like, yeah, yeah, you know, maybe, who knows? But if you come to me and tell me that, you know, if, if a guy came to me and said he was from the future, a nightmare dystopia with Terminators and everything, and they're all run by Amazon, I'd be like, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. You know, because Amazon's a creepy company. Just they, It's just the control they have. The way they're destroying mom and pop shops and small businesses, we really are moving towards this world where, I don't know how to describe it, techno-communism? Yeah. Maybe is one way to describe it. You're, you're, you're going to get UBI from the government. You're going to go on Amazon and you're going to, you, you, you have eight, you have 1,800 credits per, per month to select an item. It's like, I believe I'll choose this blue Well, that's the thing cloth. is like when, when Yang ran on the, on the UBI thing, you know, what I'm surprised more people didn't question is, okay, if you create this dependence on making sure that like, okay, I will get this, you know, dole from the government. The next step for them then becomes, what if you do something that displeases me? You know, what if your social score or social credit score goes down? Right. We're gonna cut how much money you get and you're gonna have to be hungry. And maybe that'll teach you a lesson of what happens when you don't follow the regime's orders. Yeah, it's, it's a carbon social credit score. It's what the World Economic Forum is talking about. They literally just wrote an article bragging about how everyone complied with the lockdowns, which means the next climate change lockdowns are more likely to be complied with as well. That's literally the did thinking you see, of a lot of these people. Did you see the uh, the power companies? I, I think it was in Nevada, maybe California as well, that was sending notifications during the blackouts mm -hmm. and, the, and, the, and the heat waves, that they were sending out notifications on the thermostat, smart thermostats in people's houses, saying, I'm sorry, but you can't turned down this was uh Den denver i believe yeah, yeah. You, 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 and and it was because they opted into a pro like an energy uh -huh. saving program yeah that's how it all starts and, right and, and that's the thing is just that, opt into the government program we'll help take well, care of you no but, but but what happens is you're getting it installed and the guy goes would you like to opt into our energy saver program <laughs> what is what does that mean it means you get 100 bucks per year off your bill and they go sign me up and, and, and they scroll through the terms of service they don't read and they click check and then next thing they know they can't turn their air conditioning on. And, and the thing is, is that when they said that amount, they're like, okay, it'll take $100 off or 20 months. I can't remember how much they offered uh, for these people to join the energy saver program. Who's going to be the most incentivized to opt in? Poor, poor people. people. The poor. Exactly. Right. Well, I mean, you think I'm going to give up my air conditioning exactly. for the poors? Yeah. Right. <laughs> Harumph. <laughs> <laughs> That's how they live, man. 
They want their private jets. I like all the private jets flying into the, the climate change summit. Yeah. Yeah. The real meeting is them going like, how do we keep this going? And it, like, that's exactly we got to stop the poor people. That's exactly it. The it's poor people don't deserve refrigerators Me. or or clean water or showers y'all can have cold crickets and cold showers because i ain't giving up my steak i imagine that's what bill gates is saying and i mean like i've always said is that to a certain extent they want to say you have to eat the bugs not because it's ecologically sound but because they'd like to be able to show their power like yeah. if you can make your enemies or your subordinates eat bugs. It's like what won't it's like the poop water. They want you to drink the poop exactly. water as well, the sewage water. Yeah. And, and there was an article. Guys, did you yep. guys see California is going to allow composting of humans? Yeah. And no. the, the funny thing yeah, is, I saw that. Yeah, it's horrific into dude. soil. Now, now hold on, hold on. It's not immediately bad, but there are some concerns. Uh, the idea is that you can be cremated, you can be embalmed or whatever, or you can be dropped into this vat, you know, of, of dirt, and you get turned into dirt, right? It doesn't immediately mean they're going to use the dirt for food, the soil, I should say, because it's, it's going to be fresh human compost soil. In, uh, I think, Colorado, I'm not sure, they ban the sale of this soil for uh, food for human consumption. Hmm. But questions then are, is the soil being transferred to farms for grain for cow consumption? Right. Like, mm -hmm. To what degree are you okay with I, eating former human? Like, is it, if a corn grows from the human, is then eaten by a pig, <laughs> are you okay eating that pig? I've seen The Lion King. Uh, the circle of life. <laughs> right. I know how this story ends. We will be eating the human soil. Yep. That's right. We will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's only a matter of time, especially with the food shortages and everything going on. Soylent Green is people, man. You, have you guys seen that movie Elysium? No. I, I didn't see that, no. It's like, I think it's Matt Damon. Yeah. And it's like everyone on there's Earth. There's like a utopian like layer and, and then there's yeah, one it's of a the big people space who can afford ring, it. And all the rich people live up there and then like they have the cure for cancer. And the poor people lived on Earth, and they all speak Spanish, and the rich people speak French. I thought it was kind of funny. They got it wrong, though. What, what's, what's really, what it really should have been is all the poor people on Earth working, eating crickets, and everyone up in the big ring are trafficking children. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it's that's the real island. The, right? the big ring is a private island. <laughs> that's right. I'm, not, I'm not even kidding. We know what they do. Yeah. And I wonder if one of the reasons they want to shut down ch like channels like this is because we will call them out. And they're probably thinking, imagine what we could get away with. Actually, I, I, here's, here's what I think happens. You get, it's like, imagine it's 10 years ago and Epstein's on his island sitting there smoking a cigar next to his picture of Bill Clinton in a dress. And there's like this 18-year-old kid who's a, he's a newbie in the whole trafficking kids thing, you know, a new recruit. And he goes, you know, kid, before the internet, nobody knew we were doing this. Now it's like I had to have a run in with the FBI. Oof. Then 2020 comes along, this kid's now, you know, a bit older, and he's like, man, what? how much fun, how cool would it have been back in the 60s when no one knew you were committing atrocities against children, right? <laughs> I think these people know this, and they're, and they're really talking about, like, when we were younger, nobody knew we were doing it. No journalist was allowed on the island. Anybody who tried to write about it would be ridiculed, or we would simply go to the boss of the company and say, do not write it. And they would look at ABC News with that Amy Rohrbach woman. Yep. yep. She and said, then, we had this guy dead to rights, like on video. Right. And Clinton. And here's Jeez. the thing. That's why they don't like Project Veritas. Oh, yeah. I was talking to a guy and, and, and I, I passively bring up Veritas. and He goes, oh, but they're, they're all lying, you know. And then I was like, what do you lie about? And he was like, well, I don't know. I read somewhere. And I'm like, no, I'll tell you what. James O'Keefe got leaked this video exposing Epstein. And boy, were they pissed. So I'm willing to bet they pulled out all the stops with their billions of dollars trying to fame that guy. And he was like, well. And I was like, do you think these elite pedos who are on private islands, you think they wouldn't spend at least a million dollars lying about somebody? And he's like, well, 
Oh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> or covering up their traces and their tracks. Uh, uh, Bill Gates literally funds the corporate media. He gives hundreds of millions of dollars to many corporate media outlets. And of course, this buys him favor. This buys him PR. This and buys him marketing. And, and this is why Jeff they Bezos, promote his businesses. Jeff Bezos owns the Washington yes. Post. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and when uh, Bill Gates was asked about Epstein, he goes, well, he's dead now anyway. What did he yeah. say? Is that what he said? Like something like that. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. Like, doesn't matter. He's dead. At this yeah. point, <laughs> like, at this point, why does it even matter? Yeah. You yeah. know, the quote Hillary. Well, he was like, Clinton. "Well, he's dead." So, yeah. Like, he looks over at Hillary and she's like, "I did my job." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Someone needs to do a compilation of those two videos right yeah, now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Send it to me, please, immediately on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. I might hire you at Luke. We are change. Uh, but but look, it's a fun it's a fun ride while it lasts. I suppose the the, the October surprise, whatever it's going to be, they need to stop shows like this from being able to call it out. You know, whatever they end up doing with with framing MAGA or Trump or whatever, we had a guy in North Dakota just kill a kid, mm. a teenager. You know, I'll call him a kid. He was eighteen years old. Ran him down, ran him over. He was drunk too. This guy was who was charged with the DUI. He was over the legal limit. Mm. Hit this kid and then claimed the kid was threatening him. I'm like, oh, the 18 year old kid was threatening you and your SUV when you ran him down. Sure, bro, you could have left. So they don't like when we call that out because they want the narrative to be like the FBI whistleblowers are pointing out that it's a bunch of MAGA extremists. But the reality is we got Antifa and BLM who've destroyed cities across this country a couple mm -hmm. of years ago. And like, yeah, there are some creepy weirdo right wingers that, that and, and there's some really extreme stuff that's happened around the world. But the overall terror and high numbers comes from the left hands down, and they're desperately trying to lie about it. And they play dirty games, like the ADL claims that like, it's the weirdest thing, if you're anti-government, you're right wing. And it's like, so like a, an Antifa extremist could be like, I'm anti-government. They go, well, he's a, he's a right wing anti-government guy. And it's like, bro, the guy's got a communist tattoo on it. No, he's anti-government. Anti-government is right wing. I mean, we, it, it's something how we had a summer in this country where in the 30 largest cities in, in, in this nation, you had synchronized riots synchronized riots right and then new york state's a perfect example where they just blanket pardoned everyone it's like oh what you set fire to a building what you you, you destroyed people's homes their businesses their livelihoods there's a blanket pardon i mean it's incredible it's incredible and the way that it's like well i mean the riots the voice of the unheard when it's folks on our side right i mean it's incredible it's incredible and they bail them out and, and they the, raise money. Kamala raises yeah. money to be like, well, let's get them out. And you had recidivists. You had people who got yeah. out from there, committed assault and rape after Kamala called for like cash to be sent. You just, just here's what you do. Next time there's going to be like a protest. We just need like 500 people to join Antifa. No, I mean it because it's all about it's all about the, the mob, right? If there's going to be like 100 people at an Antifa thing and they're all wearing hoodies and stuff. And then we're like, OK, we'll get 500 people. Those 500 people can be like, we vote not to throw the brick. And then, <laughs> then they're going to be like, uh, someone will throw it. And then the other anti will be like, you're a fascist. So basically, you like if you go in there and you're like, yeah, I'm on board with this Antifa thing. The moment you see someone trying to get violent or doing whatever, call them a fascist. Be like, hey, let's play the game too. And then stop them from doing it. Stop the violence. Stop the riot. Stop the, the hurting of innocent people. And I don't know. What are they going to do about it? Then the media will be like, Antifa stops violence within their own ranks. Yes, exactly. Like, as long yeah. as it's not happening. How yes. responsible. Yeah. You know, but fiery but mostly peaceful protests. Yeah. Well, they're like, well, their names are anti-fascist guys. That's right. Come on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're, we're the good guys. You're the bad guys. We're the good guys. We like good thing. You That's like right. bad thing. That was Seamus's bit. Shout out to Seamus. Oh, yeah. Seamus, come his, back. His, his bit was that Democrats will be like, we want good thing. 
Yeah. We, we, we want good thing for everyone. And then you'll go, okay, well, how do you pay for a good thing? You want bad thing. Yep. You want bad thing. Exactly. Well, they're, they're, Calm down, dude. It is very interesting. Just I feel like it's just in like the last five years, maybe in the beginning of Trump, it went from like we disagree on policy to if you don't want this policy, you're for violence or you're killing people. Well, look at Matt Walsh. He's like Matt, Matt Walsh comes out and he's like, Vanderbilt Medical Clinic is doing surgeries on minors. And then they go, you're trying to kill people. That's the thing is they, they they're down there. Dude. That's now become the, the first card that they pull is that if you disagree with me, people will die. You're advocating for <laughs> violence. I'm just imagining like, here's a bit for you, Seamus, if you're listening. It can be like the day, a day in the life of a left wing activist. And it's like, hey, guys, uh, what do you want to get for dinner? I vote pizza. I want wings. Well, I don't know if I want wings. If you disagree with me, we'll die. Yeah. <laughs> wow. It's just like, uh, okay. okay, dude, calm down. We'll but get you the can, wings. You can understand why there is so much left-wing violence when they truly believe those are the stakes, right? Yep. And if those are the stakes and, and you know, the, the rest of this machine sort of stokes that fire— if they really believe those are the stakes, what's the end of that? I mean, they, I, that wouldn't that wouldn't be worth it. This We're, is it. Is is you you get you get a left winger to to murder a kid? Right. That's th this guy. That's you get the goes. you get the Bernie Sanders supporter gunning down those Republican lawmakers yeah. on the baseball diamond. Yep. So you certainly do have like creepy ultra ultra nationalist or traditional traditionalists who have committed atrocities for sure, but. What you see of with, with terror from the left is extended and what I refer to as like blunt force or low tier, mm -hmm. right? So, you know, every couple of years or so, you might hear a story about some like unhinged, quote unquote, right winger guy. And what I mean by that is like probably like an ultra traditionalist or nationalist who will shoot a bunch of people. It's terrifying. We don't, we don't, we want that to stop. The FBI should be tracking those people and, and stopping. That's what they should be doing. But what you get with the left is like on a daily basis, people getting punched in the head, shoved, attacked. Uh, Benny Johnson just had his podium kicked over by an unhinged lunatic. Uh, now it's starting to get more serious where this, this guy in North Dakota rams a kid mm -hmm. and he was drunk. And I'm just imagining, you know, maybe it's my bias, but I'm imagining this guy is seeing this kid and they're having a dance party. And he thought the kid was part of a Republican extremist group. Like, what is that even? Mm -hmm. But the fact that he even thought being a part of a Republican group made the kid extremist in some way, he was paranoid and delusional and drunk. And so he killed a kid. Mm. That's the, that's, that's, look, whatever you want to say, it's getting crazier. Out the, there. the president of his country had just appeared on TV not too long ago with this like horrific red background saying that Republican extremists are going to destroy democracy, right? And then on a daily basis, he sees left winger, uh, left wing groups, left wing individuals say, if you disagree with us, that's violence. Like, don't you realize by 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 showing that this group in Vanderbilt said that this is a profitable enterprise, that people are going to die, that like there's going to be death threats? Don't you realize that disagreeing with me is violence? They say they say if Republicans get back in power, that democracy is over. Yeah. If well, you truly believe that, what and what you know what doesn't justify violence? Well, we're not a democracy, mm -hmm. but if the Democrats retain power, the republic is over. That's right. So, you know, I see a lot of conservatives actually saying that on Twitter. I'm being a tad bit facetious. That's the point. Yeah. But I'm sure they'll take it out of context anyway. But uh, there's a fair point when you see the DOJ being weaponized and going after Trump supporters and, and Biden doing this stuff that, you know what? The Democrats aren't wrong. If the Republicans win, their democracy is over. That's what they call it. They say, when, when they say our democracy, they ain't talking about you. Mm -mm. They're talking about them and the cult. And they have their weird little system. 
And we have a republic that has stood since 1776, technically longer if you want to talk about American culture not developed. And they want to end that. If we want to preserve it, yeah, their quote unquote democracy, whatever whatever it is they're actually doing, their cult, uh, that, that cult can't be allowed to persist. And it's very clear that they do want to destroy that way of life, that they actively see it. When they describe America to them, it's an irredeemable fascist state that requires this like complete new order to come in. Yeah, what they hate is representative democracy, our republic. They hate yep. that. What they want is a controlled system of elites, this collusion between you know tech and the intel community doj the media the bureaucrats who have been there 40 years they want to be able to control all of that and be accountable to no one and that's what donald trump was so great at and i think we may be seeing the end of the republic and moving in a direction similar to rome with the launch of a true empire which hopefully won't be the deep state but i don't know i you know we've talked about the fall of the roman empire and how this is very similar to it and i'm like maybe it's the the, the fall of the roman republic actually into the empire but we're going to go to Super Chats. If you haven't already, would you kindly smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share this show with your friends. We are being censored. My uh, my friends, thank you so much for, for watching this show and supporting us. But we're getting tons of messages from people saying like YouTube's not recommending it. Comments aren't being allowed. Tons of people saying their Super Chats are being blocked. <gasps> what? And I think that I think we can see it too. That's the line. Well, the one thing you can do to support us is become a member at TimCast.com because ain't nothing they can do about that. We use Parallel Economy, which was co-founded by Dan Bongino and is censorship resistant. Nothing's perfect, but it's one layer of defense. So when you become a member at our website, you are using a Dan Bongino company, which is good news, and it protects us. It helps their company grow. It helps our company grow. And if your Super Chats ain't going through, you can do that. 10 bucks a month, you'll get our uncensored show coming up at 11 p.m., but also be the notification. Share the show, because if people choose to watch the show, recommendations, censorship, meaningless. If every day people say, I want to watch, they share the link, there is nothing they can do to stop us. Let's read. Mimic says, Tim, to be fair, Biden gets lost in his own head. Oh, yeah. It is true. But that, that manifests, you know, that, that made me sad, actually. I'm imagining, you know, Biden's at the podium. And then, like you, you know that was that movie Inside Out or whatever, where yeah. like the emotions were people. Inside Out, yeah. I'm imagining like inside his head is a little Joe Biden at the controls, and the controls he like spills coffee on him, and he's oh, like, no. "No, no, I'm <laughs> no. trapped in here, oh. help!" And like he's looking through the eyes of the bumbling, confused Biden, and he's like, "Oh, if only they could hear me." <laughs> oh, I'm sad. I'm sad. All right, Raymond G. Stanley Jr. says, "If folks get the good word out to the public, they deserve that respect." Maybe give, send, go him like with uh, Project Veritas. More folks need to speak out. Go team. That's the FBI agent, of course. Couple of them. Yeah, definitely. I think we gotta, we gotta, we gotta figure this one out. I'd love to have these guys. I'd love to have these guys on the show if they're yeah. able to. That'd be that'd be awesome. Because I think they I think I'd be willing to bet the majority of FBI agents are good, but the brass is bad. Mm. Top brass. I'm skeptical of all of them, but that's just me. no. I, I, I'm skeptical <laughs> of the system. I think people typically get into law enforcement for good reasons, but how can you truly be good in a system that's dysfunctional? You know what I mean? And so we saw it with cops resigning when they didn't want to pander to play these games, when mm -hmm. they didn't want to be demonized. And we're seeing it now with FBI agents blowing the whistle, being like, yo, that's unconstitutional. People who swore out the constitution, I think for the most part, did it for the right reason. But when you got bad bosses and you don't speak out, well, then you're part of it. Then you're the banality of evil. But these guys speaking out, quitting, resigning, calling it out, those are the good ones. Will Wolf says, this morning on my train to work, I saw an advertisement for the selective uh, for the selective service in Philly. Well, that's right. If there was going to be a war with China, they would have to draft people. 
hands down. Mm. We're, we're at all time low recruitment. Nobody wants to be in a woke military. Imagine getting drafted into a woke military. I mean, and instead of prioritizing how to fight, you get prioritized about gender pronouns. <laughs> and I mean, I think I, I think it's a complete like, you know, parallel between what's happening in, in, in the law enforcement, in the FBI and in the military, where the top brass, the upper echelons have all been completely politicized. And they see that the way to advance is to agree with this regime of, of like, OK, well, why don't we just condense power? We decide what's good and we punish anyone who makes who rocks the boat. Yeah, yeah let's throw out the field the field manual. We're gonna go read white fragility. Exactly. You know, that, <laughs> that's that's how we're gonna handle things in the army. Ian Ian bought Gender Queer, that book with the graphic yeah. images in it. And it, it's like he makes a good point, like he wants to have it to be able to reference it to show people and all that stuff. It's just unfortunate that it gives that person money. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I mean I think it's important. Like I, I I've tweeted out images from that book so people realize when when you know uh You'll see the the headline in like New York Times or Washington Post of where it says Republicans banning, you know, like transgender authors book. Right. And then if you sh actually show images of what's inside this book and the demands that it be placed in children's libraries, like we're talking like five, six year olds to be seen, shown these images. Yeah, they, they act like it's like, you know, Huck Finn. And, and, <laughs> yeah. and, it's it's very different. <laughs> All right, USAF Bull says, retired USAF here. Many of my fellow Air Force vets think this diversity training is an overt PSYOP attempt at an asymmetric warfare. Yep. JK says, get Tom McDonald on. Love that guy. Tom has an open invitation. That's right. Uh, but he's a, busy, he's, a, he's a busy guy. We want to get him out of here. But uh, uh, big news. Unfortunately, everybody, uh, it only reached number three. We, were, we if if we, we said if it reached number one, we're gonna wear suits. Oh, thank goodness mm -hmm. we don't have to. Well, I said on the How 100, but that is a, a bold thing to try and accomplish. But Tom McDonald's riot reached number three in sales on uh, uh, on Billboard, so that's that's awesome. Glad to hear it. We got a bunch of new music in the works too, but we got a lot of stuff we're gonna be working on. So you know it'll come out when it comes out. I guess I'm not gonna. You know it, it's kind of a bummer because we've been playing music for a long time. We used to play music on the show, and so a lot of people have requested it. So I hate to be like, oh, it's going to take another year to get anything done. But eh, you know, that, that, that's what that, it is. That might be something that you consider for like, a, you know, you're saying a concept album or something is a band named Shadow Band. Someone actually said <laughs> that. I like that. I like no that. kidding. Wow. That's clever. That's I'm, good. I'm willing to bet there's probably like 700. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. At this point, it just, a lot it of just plays bands. in the shadows. <laughs> <laughs> Tim Jake says, Tim, I resigned from the DOD after 38 years of service because of the leftist agenda that was already being pushed. Mm. 24 years experience in my specific field was less important than following the agenda. Wow. Grofty says, buck the buck button. Woo, buck up. That's right. Yeah, it kind of feels like we're in They Live, you know, with how weird yep. the agendas become. Like, are there aliens secretly, you know, manipulating people? Well, I mean, that story of, of how they're like in the Air Force, we don't want you to say the words mom or dad. I mean, that's insidious on a number of levels yep. of, of, of separating them from family, of trying to create this like your family is the state. It's, yep. it's you know, Joe Biden is your father now. And, <laughs> and if you look at the falls of empires, specifically the Soviet Union, it predominantly failed because it prioritized ideology over merit. And yep. I think that's what we're doing here in the United mm. States. So that's yep. just... 
Falcon Laser says, Luke, I wore that Island Boys shirt when I saw J.P. Sears in Spokane last year. I got laughs and compliments for it everywhere I went that day. Yeah, this is a great way to meet, meet like-minded <laughs> individuals, to, 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 <laughs> to, to find people who agree with you, disagree with you. I get so many different reactions, high fives. I get grunts. I, I got someone that confronted me because I wore a, an anti-ATF shirt in, in, in town recently, which was a pretty fun interaction. But What but, was the shirt? But, was it but, like shooting a dog ab- or something? Abolished the, abolished <laughs> the ATF. ATF. Yeah. But, but you also, we went to the Frederick County Fair and a guy saw a look and said, where do I get that shirt? Yeah. yeah Defund yeah. the ATF. Yeah. <laughs> it's important to, to, to wear the t-shirts because it's one of the few ways that a political message can't be censored. A mm-hmm. lot of the shirts I can't even wear on this show because if I do, the show would get hit. So the best political shirts.com, one of the best ways to kind of do your lazy form of activism. Spicy. There have been moments yeah. where uh, like Luke's, Luke will walk in from like his trailer after work and he'll be, we'll get ready <laughs> for the show. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm right. like, he's wearing a shirt and, and just, like, no. I won't give any specific example, but I'll be like, bro, you can't wear that. Are you nuts? <laughs> like, maybe, maybe it is going to start becoming like they live where like in real time, YouTube's just going to start blurring out the shirt because it yeah. doesn't agree with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Max Reddick says, Tim, I'm watching a debate between Anna Kasparian and Dennis Prager. Oh. Her tactics are super clear. She gish gallops pretty intensely. Mm. Also, could you get David Pakman on your show? He would be a good one. Um, the challenge with getting anyone like David or Anna or anyone else is that they do their own shows. So I would be saying like, hey, David, don't do your show. Come do mine. Yeah. And that's why it's like, I can respect why getting left pundits on the show is difficult, but it's no excuse for a lot of these activists who won't who won't come on. You know what I mean? But uh, I'll reach out to David. I've known David for like 11 years, and I think we would have an interesting conversation. Um, I've had conversations with him many times. I don't believe he's honest. And one example is, he published a story where he said something. I'll keep it vague because it was a few years ago. And I messaged him on Facebook because I've known him for a decade. And I said, hey, David, here's the source. And I sent him a link. And I'm like, that was incorrect. And he just ignores it. <laughs> and it's like, oh, come on, dude. You're like, when, when people uh, tweet at me that there's, a, there's an error, I'll check. Mm-hmm. With TimCast.com, like, I tell them, like, we got to fact check everything. And I'm constantly looking to make sure. And there's even, there was, I'll give you an example. We published a story that said, North Dakota man admits, uh, confesses to killing teenager for being Republican. And I said, we probably shouldn't say it that way because what he really did was he said he killed him and was, and the kid was part of a Republican extremist group. So let's make sure we're being as specific as possible because, you know, what his real reason was in the affidavit was that he was threatened by the kid who happened to be a Republican extremist. I think that is an admission into his motive and everything like that. Mm-hmm. But I want to make sure that we're getting everything as precise as possible. You take far less editorial license than CNN mm-hmm. and MSNBC oh, yeah, do. Yeah. That's for sure. You know, look, I, I'm I'm not in charge of editorial at TimCast.com on purpose because I don't want to go to them and tell them, you know, like what stories to do at all. However, I am like a stopgap. If I see a story and it's got a questionable false, it's, it's like bad framing or something, I'll say, hey, fact check. And then often, I'll, like there's been a few times where I'm like, hey, guys, fact check. And they go, Tim, you're wrong. Here's the proof. And I go, I stand corrected. My own, my only thing is if I see, look, if I see CNN lie, I'll call them out. If my website gets something wrong, if I see CNN be wrong or anything, I'll call them out. If Tim Cass gets something wrong, I'll go right into the newsroom and be like, hey guys, I think you got this wrong. And then let them sort it out. And, you know, so I, I will have conversations on like editorial policy, but for the most part, it's, it's, hmm. I would say it's like 95% independent. And all I'm trying to do is, is frame check things. One example is I said, we shouldn't say pro-life or pro-choice. Because those are political terms, we should say pro-abortion or anti-abortion. Mm-hmm. 
Like if someone's arguing in favor of a bill that would allow abortion, they're pro-abortion. If they're arguing against it, they're anti-abortion. Pro-life and pro-choice mean different things to different people. Like even among people who support pro-life, it could mean something slightly different. Mm-hmm. And I th- it's amazing that like that, you, you know, that process you described is what basically used to be journalism. And now yeah. it's the Washington Post and Taylor Lorenz writing something. And then for the next week, there's like letter, an editorial correction, editorial correction, editorial <laughs> correction. Yeah. Tanner Reeves says Kyle Serafin is being reviewed, is being interviewed, sorry, reviewed, interviewed on the Dan Bongino podcast. Today was part one revealing. Part two is tomorrow. Worth the watch. Very cool. Shout out to Dan Bongino. I went on his show on Fox a little while ago. It was great. He's a great dude. And uh, he had kind words. And uh, yeah, if we could get this whistleblower on, that would be amazing. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, anybody who's got some connections, I can can reach out to Dan and and maybe see if we can get Kyle on. That would be incredible. It would be an honor and a privilege. And uh, there, there are very few people, I think, that do as much as Dan does in the culture war for speech, technology, uh, aside from Rumble, which just went public. Congratulations. I bought a bunch of shares and um, Parallel Economy. He's, 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 he's doing it. He's doing it right. So that's fantastic. All right. You know, I probably shouldn't read this one, but I will. Max Reddick says, Tim, Sam Cedar called you out on Twitter for a debate. The real question is, will he actually come on the show or just pull a stunt? Always the question. You know, I normally don't like mentioning the guy because this is why he does it. Um, I invited him on the show and then he pulled some BS publicly where he claimed some nonsense. Publicly, I was like, we'd love to get people on the left on the show. He says, he'd do it. I say, pick a date. He says, how about this date? I say, we'll pay for your flight. We'll fly you out, get you a hotel. Really excited to have you. Sam was one of the first, he was literally the first media person to ever shout me out and compliment me Hmm. uh, during Occupy Wall Street. And then privately, he was like, I'm not going on your show. And then I was like, okay. And then he makes it this big thing where it's like my fault or whatever. I think his whole shtick is just drama. And the reason I'm not interested in following up with him is simply because, you know, we like talking about politicians, presidents, culture, comment, uh, you know, comment on it and uh, ideas. I think his whole thing is just ragging on people. Like, he, he would rag on Dave Rubin all the time. And I'm just like, why? Who cares, dude? Dave Rubin's not doing anything. Like, Dave Rubin complains on the internet the same as the rest of us. Why should I care? Like, I don't talk about Sam ever because he's just another guy who complains on the internet. Why? why? That's not affecting anybody, <laughs> you know? But for him to want to come on here at this point, I'm like, dude, I think you're just going to come on to do petty drama stuff. And I'm not really interested in that, you know? I'd like to have a conversation about ideas, but I don't think it would actually happen. The other issue, too, is, and this one will be uh, uh, to throw a little salt, when I asked him about deontology versus utilitarian uh, ethics, he didn't understand it. And then when I tried using a pop culture reference, he turned like his his fans or whatever used that as a meme. So it's like, what's the point of trying to have a conversation with someone who doesn't understand concepts and then laughs at the idea when you try and explain it to him? It's just not there's nothing really there. All right. Vincent Young says your stream is shadow banned. Thank you for informing us. Yes, Email shadowband at timcast.com if you believe you have evidence of us being shadow banned. Some people mentioned they can't comment. Some people mentioned it's not appearing on the, on the channel page, like you, they won't see it. And we'd like to collect that evidence for any potential litigation. People are saying they subscribed were also unsubscribed. That happened mm-hmm. to me a lot of times as oh, well. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. this is a crazy thing. That on Twitter, it's, it's, it's relentless. Yeah. And it, it's like... Even with personalities and personal friends that I know, I'm like, hey, I, I used to follow you. What happened? And then it's like, oh, you Ron, follow Ron Coleman was a big one because I know for a fact I did not unfollow him mm-hmm. because he's a lawyer. Yeah, and there's you? like a handful of lawyers I follow on purpose because I want to see their legal takes on things. And then 
Uh, one day, I can't remember what happened, Ron tweeted, I think, about me not following or something like that. And then I was like, what? No way. Mm-hmm. I was like, all the, like, I follow all the lawyers. I even follow, I, I'm pretty sure I, I follow, or maybe I don't follow him anymore, Mark Elias, the Democrat guy. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, nope, I was unfollowed from him. And I'm like, okay, I'm calling BS on that. Mm-hmm. Ain't no way. And uh, Adrienne Curry, Adrienne Curry, she was on the show and I mentioned, I was like, you don't follow me on Twitter. And she was just like, what? Of course I do. And, I, and then she checked and she was like, what? Yeah. Bro, she's in the chat all the time, you know, uh, watching the show. Twitter's playing dirty games. Rain20J says, today I got an advertisement warning me Lee Zeldin will try to repeal gun restrictions and red flag laws paid for by Hathi Hochul for governor. I now lean even more towards Zeldin after that ad. <laughs> hey, that's the thing about ads. They, they, negative ads, I don't think work. Because like, you'll be like, did you know that Luke Rudkowski wants to abolish the ATF? Don't <laughs> right. vote for yeah. him. And I'm like, he does? <laughs> Sounds good mm-hmm. to me. Well, I like that. Yeah. I will vote. I didn't know that. I'm telling you, negative ads do work. What what doesn't work is sometimes the targeting of those yes. ads. Right, yes. right, right. They you know. do work. You got to be careful. <clears throat> All right. Let's grab some more. Redneck Italian says, everyone thinks the October surprise will be political. I think it will be retribution. In the beginning, middle October, mass arrests from FBI on MAGA. Maybe. And then they'll be like, look at these MAGA criminals. See, that would not surprise me. I mean, what, like what we were just discussing of the way that the FBI is being incentivized to, to, to find, you know, there's, there's, there's great demand for like white nationalist, MAGA, you know, domestic terrorism. They don't have the supply that they need. It would not surprise me if, if they say, you know, two weeks before Election Day, well, we found this like sleeper cells across the country of MAGA extremists who could have possibly attacked election sites. That would not surprise me at all. Mm-hmm. All right. Dragon Sworn says the borderline content label came out of the adpocalypse as a way to censor Steven Crowder when he hadn't violated their terms of service, sometimes called the Crowder rule. That's right. So this was a huge story. There was a dude from Vox who would refer to himself in certain ways. There's a video of him saying, here's what I am. Mm -hmm. So Crowder did a video commenting on it, being like, okay, Mr. X, Y, and Z, blah, blah, blah. And then they took that and said, look at him. He's insulting him as these awful slurs. And YouTube was like, he didn't break any rules. And the pressure campaign was so intense. They said, okay, you're right. He didn't break any rules, but he was mean. So we're going to take away his partner program. I don't remember when that happened. And that yep. guy, basically, his whole job was just trying to get people who disagreed with him demonetized. Mm-hmm. Yep. There's I mean, a, that's all they do. There's a very interesting uh, phenomenon on the internet now, which is basically like the old slip and fall, like ambulance chasers. Yeah. It's yeah. now you've got this whole class of people on the internet that try to manufacture an opportunity to get somebody else canceled. It's wild. Mm-hmm. All right. What is this? What is this? Well, I'm going to read this. I don't understand it. 117 BTN says, your aversion to unaccountability is understanding, but could you please tell me who works for Wikipedia? I, I don't know. Jimmy Wales? That's the Wikipedia guy? I don't know who works there. Or were you happy being fed a curated ser- series of information? I'm not sure huh. what you're referring to. Julian Assange deserves jail. Incorrect. Julian Assange does not yeah, deserve jail. No. Julian, Julian Assange deserves a medal and a large cash prize. And uh, a nice, comfortable uh, mansion for which he can retire in because he's done a lot of really important things for this world and they've destroyed his life because of it. You don't got to agree with everything when uh, he, he got called out. It was actually pretty good. You guys, are you guys familiar with Collateral Murder? The WikiLeaks no. release? That was what, 2010, Luke? 2009, maybe? Um, I'm, I have to fact check that. An Apache helicopter killing journalists. Mm. And he called it Collateral Murder. 
And he got called out, I think, by Colbert. He said, that's editorialization. Yeah. Like, you're not just publishing leaks. And it's like, well, we want to maximize reach. Look, WikiLeaks is a news organization that specializes in leaked information and whistleblowing and stuff like that. But I could agree. I was like, yeah, you know, that was editorializing, calling it collateral murder. That is a t- that is a tag. That's not like a description of what happened, you know? April 5th, 2010. 2010. Yep. But I still think what Julian Assange was doing was tremendously good for this world. And everyone wants to gut him because of it. Hillary Clinton, for obvious reasons, yeah. they don't like him spilling the beans. And Trump, because he knew Julian Assange knew what was going on and he needed the evidence. But Assange was like, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to Disclosing do it. my sources, yeah, which exactly. is what a journalist should be doing. And WikiLeaks has a way better record than, of course, all the corporate media out there. They're doing what journalists used to do, uh, especially when it came to all the whistleblowing and all the important things that journalism used to expose. You know, right now we got the window open. You can hear the trees rolling. The yeah, leaves the wind, are starting yeah. to fall. It's beautiful. I love October. Oh, it's yeah. great. I can't wait until we can start eating pumpkins. Or you can smell like a barbecue out there yeah. or maybe yeah. just leaves burning. Just leaves burning. I love that smell. Yeah. It's a good time. Then winter comes and it's like, yeah, I guess we'll go snowboarding. <laughs> summer is, is, is rough, but a good crisp summer night can be great as well. The Raz Rodriguez says women love DeSantis because when he speaks, it's like he's fearless and can protect a damsel in distress. His looks are just a bonus. Ah, see, there you go. I, I was speaking on behalf of all women. They that's all love right. him. All, all of them. them. Every single one. <laughs> yeah, no, but I think uh, DeSantis in reality is just younger and he doesn't have that baggage Trump has. Trump came off as smarmy, you know what I mean? Like that, that, that uh, grab him by the hoo-hoo stuff. As much as a bunch of people might be like, eh, as locker room talk, eh, women really did not like that and you need women to uh, vote for you. So Ron DeSantis doesn't have that baggage. All right, what do we got here? Stephen Ellis says the censorship on YouTube is actually the five R's. Can't forget Republican content. That's right. <laughs> and it's funny too, because like we like Republicans rag on Republicans, you know, all the time. It's, if you look at the polling, the, among Republicans, their view of the Republican Party is extremely negative. It's, I'm like, good. I mean, it, yeah, that's 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 what it is. That's critical thinking, right? Like when you can actually be critical of, of your own side. Is, right. is when you actually have a valid viewpoint. Yeah, lots of independent media get hit, even if they're on the left. But if they question the narrative, that's that's the excuse that they need. Mm-hmm. Nevada Loves Guns says, I have an Echo B Plus thermostat. In Nevada, we had our thermostats turned up to 78 degrees every afternoon at 3 p.m. We were able to change it, but by the time you realized it happened, the house was hot. Yep. That's the future, man. You're going to get in your car, and it's going to be controlled. It's not going to be charged. All that stuff's coming. Everyone's going to get really excited for their Teslas. And then you're going to sit down and it's going to be like, I'm sorry, Dave, I wasn't charging. There's orders. <laughs> you're going to be like, okay. And then you're going to try and leave and it's going to be like quarantine zone. And I made the joke a while ago, so I'll make it again, but you get the point. That's like, a really good Hal voice, by the way. Oh, that was, was it? was really good. I've not, I've not actually seen that movie. I've only seen parodies of it. So yeah. I'm actually imitating probably Family Guy or something. <laughs> I mean, it's going to be horrific. Your, your Tesla's going to be like, you didn't turn your thermostat to 78. I'm driving you to the compost pile. (laughs) (laughs) I'm liquidating you right now. Michael Hastings mood. Engaged. Actually, what I think might happen is you're going to have energy credits. And you're going to have an app on your phone. And it's going to be like where to put your energy credits. And you're going to be like, I need my car. And then when you slide the slider bar up on your car to 100%, everything else starts going down. It's going to be like TV, phone, and then, and then carbon the, credit. And then the car auto drives to the human compost. Yes. And, and, and automatically the Lion King circle of life starts <laughs> yeah. playing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, in that future, I'd imagine you're in the car and you're driving. And it's going to go. 
internet's going to show fanfare and like horns playing on the screen. It's like, you've you won. won. You've won. It's like, what do I win? It's like, you can join the circle of life. And you're like, what does that mean? What and you try does to, that mean? The, the Tesla doors have touch, touch to open. It's like a touch button. Yeah. And you're going to go, wow, I won. Let me out of the car. <laughs> the Model S has the hermetic seal mode. Yeah. And then it just locks down and blasts you. And then you're, it's going to close. Oh, it's going to, yeah, it's going to suffocate you. Yeah. And then the car is just going to go straight out. It's going to it's going to drive. It's going to zoom to 120, and then it's going to turn, and the door is going to open, fling you out into the compost. Bring it right to a meat. Grinder. There was a movie. There was a dystopian movie. I forgot the name of it. Maybe someone in the chat room could remind me. But that everyone, all the poor people, were trying to, of course, win an award, and the the award was they were all murdered. And uh, they didn't know it, and they just thought they would move on to the elite uh, place the in island. society. The, Pro- there's probably, a, there's, a movie, yeah. there's a movie called The Island with um, Scarlett Johansson and I think uh, Ewan McGregor, and it's like this colony, and every so often someone will win, and it's like they're like, "I did it, I won," and in reality, spoiler alert, it is a cloning facility for celebrities and rich people. And when you win, you're having your organs harvested. Yes. but how do you like? It's look with sheep. You know, we had Dan Turner on explain, like, the sheep don't know they're going to slaughter. And so they, they'll go there and they're happy and they love you because you take care of them. You walk them in, not, no one can see anything, and it's gone. That's what it's, that's what it's like, man, you know. All right, let's just, uh, let's just grab one more uh, really important one. Halo Mizu Man says, let's see if this gets through. It did. If you haven't already, would you kindly smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends, and be the notification you want to see in this YouTube. YouTube's not sending out notifications. People are having trouble commenting and super chatting. Yeah, I get it. We're coming close to a midterm election, and uh, we don't really support the uniparty establishment. So we need your help. Become a member at TimCast.com. We're going to have an after show coming up. It'll be up live about 11 p.m. on the website. And share the video. Be that notification. Because if people choose to share, censorship becomes meaningless. So follow the show at Timcast IRL. You can follow me at Timcast. Do you guys want to shout anything out? Smug. Well, thanks for having me on. You can catch us, me and Duncan, Ruthless Podcast. Uh, what's the URL for that one? What, RuthlessPodcast.com? Yeah. There you go. Or find us on all the you know podcast platforms, obviously. You can follow Smug at Comfortably Smug and follow me at Michael Duncan on Twitter. Right on. Sweet. Uh, my website is youtube.com forward slash we are change. And someone a lot smarter than me said this. They said, quote, they wouldn't need to censor us if we were wrong. Mm. And I think that's definitely worth thinking about. The The Washington Post, the CIA, Amazon, Jeff Bezos paper wrote four years ago, a very interesting article that was entitled, the new censors won't delete your words, they'll drown them out. And I think that's almost exactly what's happening here. I've been dealing with this issue for way too long. And you can check out my struggles with YouTube for the many years on youtube.com forward slash we are change. I'll give you all a quick little explanation of how the media works. I get an email from the Washington Post, as I explained earlier. They send me a bunch of questions. I respond to every single one. They said, here are the tweets where you claimed fraud. And I went through a handful and I said, this tweet isn't even about the election. This tweet is me saying Joe Biden won. This this is a tweet of me saying the fraud narrative is ludicrous. Like, at what point do you, I was like, did you read these? They clearly completely refute your, your assertion. So what did she write? When asked about a series of tweets, Poole sidestepped the question. Incredible. <laughs> and then I was like, Excuse me. are you kidding? I directly addressed everything you said. And the best part was she then quoted me as saying evidence of fraud does not prove fraud altered the election. And I'm like, so you agree that I like 
you took my quote directly answering your question, included it in your piece, but then claim I sidestepped it because this is the game they'll play. Let's say someone asks you a question, they email you smug and they mm -hmm. say, you know, uh, you you said this about Trump. What's your answer? If you give them the perfect, let's say they say something like you've been accused of being an anti-vaxxer and then your response is the vaccines are safe and effective and, we, and I advise everyone to follow the advice of their doctors. They will say, okay, well, I can't run that. It makes him look good and sane. So what they'll do is they'll say, when asked, he gave us a blase answer and was facetious and was sarcastic. Yeah. And so they won't even show the quote and it's an opinion. Anyway, that's how they do it. Well, I'm also here. Thank you guys very much for tuning in. Really enjoyed having Smug and company on the show. Excellent show for sure. And um, yeah, you guys can follow me on TwitterandMinds.com at Sour Patch Lids as well as SourPatchLids.me. We will see you all over at TimCast.com. Become a member because we're going to have that members only show. Not so family friendly at 11 p.m. We'll see you all then. Bye, guys.